Hey, Link Frequencies are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Clear Skies, our Star Trek live play RPG, now done remote, thanks to the world-ending pandemic. Yay! Hi, everybody. How's it going? It's good to see you. We have Gina Not back, world too. world-ending, just to oh, clarify. Sorry, I shouldn't have actually said that. I'm going to get in trouble now. Um, GMs have their own GMs, you know. <laughs> um, so before we jump into tonight's game, um, I wanted to just go ahead and just do a quick roundtable. Um, if anybody has any announcements they would like to get to before we jump into the game this evening. Oh, yes, we have some announcements. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, my sub batches and new emotes are now live on my Twitch channel. Yay! Um, and that I am still streaming on Fridays for Akitakis and Tea, but I believe that I am going to stick with the earlier time. I really liked being on a little bit earlier in the day, so we'll be starting from 11.30 a.m. on Fridays from now on. Um, and, uh, oh, I have a couple of things coming down the pipe I can't wait to tell you about, but the one thing that I wasn't able to officially announce last week but can officially announce this week is that Sam and I will be continuing our for uh, foray into the world of A Darkened Wish with a season two of the IDW tie-in to uh, B-Day Balters and Tess Fowler's comic book. Speaking of Tess Ooh, Fowler, seasons. two seasons. Speaking of Tess Fowler, um, she's going through a rough time right now. If you could visit her Twitter and uh, kind of give that a look-see, she has a GoFundMe going on right now to help fund uh, uh, some stuff that's going on in her life. I don't want to go into too much detail in order to like kind of keep things from getting too wild in chat. But yeah, Tess Fowler, go check her out. She's awesome and we love her and we support her and we want we want her to be well. And uh, that's all from me. All right. Thank you, Aki. Anybody else got anything they want to let the yeah. audience know? Of course. Of course. Okay. All right. Okay. Go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tomorrow on my Twitch channel at uh, Xanderific with two R's and one F, uh, we will probably be con uh, finishing The Secret of Monkey Island and moving on to Monkey Island 2, The Chuck's Good. Revenge. Uh, so that starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time uh, tomorrow. All right. 4 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Right on. And then oh, Endemian Skate on Scabby Rooster on Wednesday night. But before that... <laughs> Uh, before that, if you tune in on Wednesday, right here on Q Times on uh, Twitch TV slash Q Times, you'll see me on Denver by Night, the uh, Vampire Masquerade all female fabulous cast. Uh, I don't know what shenanigans we're going to get into this week, but it's going to be bad, I'm sure. And <laughs> I'm ready to pull my fangs out. Also, yeah, I'm posting new music and uh, got some exciting stuff coming up on my socials, so keep a lookout. Bye. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. And I think, Gina, did you have something? Yeah. What, yeah. Um, the reason I was gone yesterday, everyone, is I got to do a really fun play reading written by Shane, who you might remember, um, wonderful guest on LA by Night uh, several times. And um, uh, and yes, yeah, she, she wrote a really kick-ass play, and I got to uh, help her be a part of that. And I believe it's still... Uh, able to be viewed on a VOD right now. So if you guys want to check that out at some point, um, it's on Slight Sprite, which is her Twitch channel. And um, yeah, it's, it should be still there. If it's not, I'm so sorry, but um, <laughs> I, it might be. So uh, on the off chance it is, woo, go check it out. Speaking of Shane, that's one of the music things I'm working on right now is a duet with her. So it's going to be fabulous. So keep it <laughs> All right. Um, does anybody else have any announcements they'd like to announce, say, or perhaps traditionally spat out before we begin tonight's game? I have one. 
What? Oh, Hi. Rave? What? Yeah. No, Hi. I just want to say shout out to the Discord, just real quick. Um, thank you for keeping me alive with your character playlists. Um, they're all amazing. And uh, yeah. Yay, League of Whimsy. League of Whimsy is amazing. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, League of Whimsy's okay. You guys are all right, I guess. You do okay. <laughs> um, uh, unless there's anything else. Um, nothing? Okay, great. And then uh, let's go ahead and get ready to dive in to tonight. I'm <laughs> oh, I see. I was like, should I stretch out the words? Do I? <laughs> um, all right, Especially now we can deal. get started. Let's go ahead and begin tonight's episode of Clear Skies. Welcome back, everybody. I forgot a major announcement uh, before we, we began the episode tonight. I bought myself a hammock for my birthday. All right. <clears throat> now that I've gotten that out. Uh, Wait, what? That, Best that thing was, ever. What? I yeah, yeah, my, we can talk about this. I bought myself a hammock for my birthday. I've always wanted one. There's a nice That's amazing. Place. It's wonderful. I've been reading. I've been reading up on RPG books when it's not blistering hot outside. It's been lovely. Hammocks are my favorite thing, and I have a hammock chair, and I, I so agree with this decision, and I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on your new child. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy. I need to name it. I'll ask the League of Whimsy. They'll help me name it, I'm sure. Um, they'll come up with something brilliantly clever, as Banana. usual. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode, which, by the way, is titled Farther From Home. Um, we're going to begin three weeks after the events of last game. The USS Ross has been engaged in what could be described as a very pleasant taxi service. <laughs> Heading back to Narendra Station, after diplomatic channels had been firmly established and things had calmed down, the USS Ross returned to Starbase 364 and picked up one Admiral April Hebert and brought her personally to the planet of Jadaran to meet with the High Regent in a very high-level diplomatic event. Um, a concord was signed with the Federation, and st specifically with Starbase 364 and Jadaran. Um, and officially, Jadaran has become 
a, an ally of the United Federation of Planets. Um, as part of this arrangement, the UFP has established its very first deep space subspace uh, relay, specifically designed to keep a, a channel open at this, think of it like a marker this deep in the Shackleton Expanse. The Federation has basically placed a flag saying, this has been explored. We've gotten this far, and here's a planet that we've made first contact with. They're our friends, and now we'll be able to speak with them on the regular without having that nasty weeks-long delay <laughs> from your location back to Narendra Station. Um, really? So, tonight's episode begins at a party at the capital of Jadaran. Um, a lot of Federation uh, Federation dress code is everyone is in full dress uniform, um, which is looking sharp. Everyone's looking pretty sharp in their full dress uniforms. Um, Admiral April Hebert is in attendance. Um, she has transferred her flag to the USS Ross for the purposes of this um, this mission. You still have command of the ship, of course, um, Azari. Um, Hebert insisted upon that. Um, and this has actually been a pretty... Uh, it's been... <laughs> the best way to describe the way that Hebert has been reacting to everything that's been happening is all of you have gotten the impression that this is the best mood the Admiral has been in in about 10 years. She is in love with the USS Ross and she's not hiding it. She has come to really appreciate the fact that the Federation found it necessary to build a two deck tall Arboretum slash uh, like diplomatic suite that essentially wraps around the entirety of the ship. The promenade is her favorite place on the ship. And she spends a lot of time there. Um, on the journey from Narendra to Jadaran, she has been exploring the entirety of the ship and getting tours and asking lots of tense questions. The crew of the USS Ross was a little edgy. Ox crew was like, oh, here comes the Admiral. Okay, everybody look sharp, make sure the desk, make sure everyone's dusted their desktops. Um, it's been very much like, get everything ship shape. But Admiral Hebert has, of course, she has conducted herself as a, as a member of the brass, but you get the impression that leaving that starbase in command of uh, in, in Cyvix command and getting the hell out of there for a little bit to go do something that she's probably always wanted to do, this has been the best week of her life. <laughs> um, she's been in a good mood this entire time, and it can tell because as all of you are gathered at this party, surrounded by Jadarans with Jashashians, uh, which by the way, the Jashashian people know about all of you now. Three weeks of diplomacy, of slowly integrating the information to the society. There was not a backlash as, as the, uh, the former defense minister predicted there would be. Um, it did make the news that there was an attempted coup, however. Um, the, uh, the, the new defense minister has yet to be appointed. So right now it's just the high regent. Um, and this party in the high regent's palace has been going on for the past three hours. And it's not a tired affair at all. Everyone is lovely. The music of the Jashashian people has been particularly fascinating to listen to because like most of their culture, it is based on crystals. Vibrations, uh, emanations through like the different density styled of crystals, all of them um, creating a strange, subtle symphonic hum that is oddly atmospheric 
and at times quite overpowering. Um, lots and lots of cultural exchange been taking place. Crew members of the USS Ross have been permitted to come down in small numbers as the Jashashian uh, people are currently in uh, a state of, specifically the Jashashian people are pushing the Federation to open an embassy here on their planet. They are nothing if not incredibly excited <laughs> about the possibilities. You are their first alien contact. And if it shows anything about the Jashashian people, it's that they, they apparently are quite evolved in that they meet this unknown, this, this uncertainty, this new culture, these new species with wide eyes and open arms which is an incredibly rare thing to find in a first contact mission, especially one that's so young. Um, Starfleet has continued to urge caution, but the USS Ross has currently been in, state, in orbit of Jadaran for the past four days, and this party is the culmination, the end of the mission, so to speak, before the USS Ross is recalled back to Narendra Station. We begin tonight at the state party with the High Regent, in attendance, along with a bunch of the ministers that attend the High Regent, some celebrities of the Jashashian people, celebrities of their theater, of their media, of their music. Um, you are getting, you're getting that sort of royal treatment tonight. Um, and lots of people asking questions. Some of it has been broadcast across the, the Jashashian homeworld. Um, Jadaran is basically alive tonight, watching the strange newcomers with their incredible new technologies and friendship. Um, opening essentially a communications gateway back to the greater Alpha and Beta Quadrant. It's a big affair. And it's hard to believe that just three weeks ago, you guys were facing down a Tholian Dreadnought, <laughs> a possible military coup, and the birth of a new crystalline entity. Which, in conclusion for the recap, the information that the USS Ross was given in the conclusion of her previous mission, the first contact mission, by the strange alien that they encountered on this new world and this new system, where, by the way, the crystalline entity entity has has made its it essentially has made its home for now, like a temporary nesting ground where it feeds on the regular. Um, the scientific impact of the information that the USS Ross returned to Starfleet has been staggering. Um, a lot of the star charts are quite outdated. However, they still provide a framework as well as subtle things that do incredible things for navigation. Specifically, Starfleet in its observations now out here on the edge of the frontier has got an idea of like orbits and comets and gravitational eddies the locations of some singularities that are located here in Shackleton Expanse that were not detected before. Um, they've also been able to pinpoint through the ages of this doctrine, this this document rather, this, this data doc, that the subspace anomalies that are, are inherent to the Shackleton Expanse, these little potholes as we like to call them all the time, the one that the Sally Ride ran into a bunch of times, these little subspace anomalies that exist out here were not always here. And they, there is no explanation as to when they started appearing in this dock. But what you do get from this data pad is hundreds and thousands of migratory patterns for biological species that live in deep space. 
Some of them are quite similar to um, species that have been encountered before. And you even see one documented case of the, of the creatures that were first encountered during the Farpoint mission by the USS Enterprise uh, over a decade ago. So it's extraordinary. Apparently there's an entire ecosystem that's been invisible to the Federation out here in the Shackleton Expanse, which makes sense considering the enormity of space. As, as Douglas Adams liked to say, space is really, really big. So big. Um, all of this to say, hell of a job. The USS Ross is riding high and is the talk of the town right now. Starfleet has sent its compliments and Admiral Hebert has uh, assigned accommodation to the ship itself. So the USS Ross is currently on the radar um, of the United Federation of Planets. You guys did good. And tonight is kind of a release. You're surrounded in this grand hallway with spires of shards of crystal reaching up almost to the point where they disappear into a darkness that becomes uh, like a black blanket that hovers overhead as the crystal seems to absorb more and more light towards its base causing the entire area of this uh, uh, of this grand hallway to illuminate kind of irregularly. It is almost as though you're walking through this sort of ambient pulsing crystal chamber, but there's enough light to always be seen. It's, for lack of a better word, trippy as hell um, and quite beautiful. You have all, with the exception of Commander Exio, you have all been somewhat exhausted by how much talking has been done. Um, there have been, uh, there has been a lot of questions, many of them the same questions over and over and over and over and over. Um, your holographic first officer is unstoppable and she has, she has, without slowing down, without missing a beat, without changing a smile, answered every single question with the exact precise amount of enthusiasm, no matter how many times it gets addressed. So much so that if Exio was to pay particular attention, she might notice that some of the crew, not necessarily senior staff, but some of the crew have started to form behind their commander and they're letting Exio take point. <laughs> She's got this. <laughs> um, you guys are celebrities tonight and everyone wants a piece of your time particularly the very tall buff green captain of the USS Ross, who every time a subject comes up, Hebert immediately steers the question towards Azari. Right now, Azari, you are flanked by your ambassador who has never been more useful, not even in the negotiations with the Tholians to prevent worldwide destruction. This, this has been a lifesaver. Marginil has been running interference for you <laughs> for the past hour as you have been inundated with questions. Not all of them in good taste. You get the impression the ja that the Jashashians are learning customs, learning learning questions you should not ask people. I live um, around humans. We're grading on a curve here in terms of rude questions. Rude, how, how, grading on a, uh, well, let me, uh, let me give you it this way. Uh, what you learn, rather, whether you like it or not, what you learn and, and kind of already knew from the, from the intelligence reports and, and like information exchange um, is that uh, Dushashian people only grow hair on their heads. They're very abrupt and very curious about where hair grows on you. And 
they don't seem to have a boundary on where they ask those questions. However, they have been adapting rather quickly and, and like checking in on social cues and kind of scaling their questions back when they start getting a sense of how personal it is. But Olin, you have been monitoring the situation next to the captain and they are incredibly eager. I grow, I grow hair everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that McCrell has also been a bit of lots. I would say McCrell has gotten a lot of attention since, to be blunt, of all of the aliens that are visiting the planet of Jadaran right now, you are the one that is least like them. And as a result, they are surrounding you, asking questions, complimenting your eyes, my gods. I've never seen pupils like that. It's amazing. Like just big, big medical questions. How far can you jump? Um, what's your lifespan? Um, I'll and... make the PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and begin. I'll let anybody take the floor that they want, but our opening scene is in hour number two of a three hour celebration, um, commemorating the activation, which it's already been done. The subspace relay is online and this celebration is currently being broadcast in the ranger station, much like Clear Skies is being broadcast to you. <laughs> so if you were to uh, go to the corner of the room, if there is a corner of the room, uh, it's been sort of commanded by Tech, who, and I want to describe this for anybody who may not be familiar with Trek, but, or also you, Ravity, because I want you to know that there is a formal version of the uniform called the Scant, uh, right. and that is definitely what Tech is wearing. Uh, it's, it looks sort of like a go-go skirt, but longer, uh, and, and it has sort of, yeah, like a, a sideways lapel. Uh, and uh, with Tech especially, he's not small, he's he thick, uh, but mm -hmm. now you can especially see with this scamp, there's like a distended belly that's happening. <laughs> and um, the lack of a pant or waistline just makes this so good. This is the best uniform ever. Uh, and he's sort of relaxing back and people have just been bringing him things to try. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's one of those things where people are get, get really excited that they make you excited. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like we're all kind of addicted to giving Sam presents. It's just really, <laughs> it's just really exciting seeing somebody get really happy. And oh gosh! <laughs> and have you tried this? It's it's kind of like a cheese thing, but it just yeah. melts. Uh, uh, no matter what, it's amazing. It's gooey. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're being Jatteran. Jatteran. The the, the Joshian people are just lining up to give you delicacies of Jatteran right now, wanting and to know I your am. opinion, wanting to ask you recipes. <laughs> Yes, this one lit my mouth literally on fire. I loved it. Give it, give me more. It's amazing. I can't taste anything else. Okay, um, not far from you, Tech is Lieutenant Commander Prawl, and standing next to him is Vren, and the two of them kind of are just rigid and staring and like looking around. Vren has also been getting a lot of looks. His antenna, in particular, has been getting a lot of questions. And Vryn has not been very forthcoming about it. Um, he's told numerous people that they're just cosmetic. He doesn't know how he got them. Um, <laughs> he, he thinks maybe he got drunk on shore leave. And uh, he, he's been kind of dodgy and, and sort of like deflecting as much as he can, but he's keeping really close to Prawl. Prawl is sort of eating finger food and just looking around, looking quite uncomfortable. 
Um, I'm actually going to say Jane has stationed herself not too far from Prawl because she knows that his, like, stone, like, this is hour two. She tapped out 20 minutes into this. <laughs> she was like, enough social interaction. I'm done. So she was like, who's the person who's not going to ask me any questions? It's Commander Prawl. So she yep. went and found Prawl and has just kind of been standing in his shadow, like, next to <clears throat> So I guess okay. she's got finger foods, too. So we'll say you're sitting next to Prawl. Perfect. Great. You, you, are, you are the stoic three. Off in the corner is a Cardassian, an Andorian, and a Join Trill, and the three of you are just kind of like. Uh, if, if this if this lasts for long, like come circle back to us uh, in like twenty minutes because Jane will probably have started up a game of two truths and a lie by by the time we're like twenty minutes <laughs> sitting here. So right now it's finger foods. Check back in in twenty minutes. It'll be different. Um, a few moments, Vryn slides in front of the two of you and just faces you and doesn't say anything. And he just kind of keeps his back to the party. And Prawl looks at him and says, what are you doing? And Vryn just goes, just make it look like I'm talking to you. Commander might come over here and try to engage us and then she'll pull us into conversation. Oh my God, if someone else asks me a question about processes, I'm gonna punch him in the throat. <laughs> I mean, just kidding, I don't do that anymore. I, yes. At, in unison, <laughs> Prawl and Vryn look at you and go, any more? <laughs> just... let's, let's move on. This is this is great. This is a great start at conversation. What would you like to talk about? Prawl, what would you like to talk about? Prawl just stares at you for a second and Vryn goes, so you see I am brave because I have to sit next to her every day. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if she punches people, people in throat, like what's going to happen when there's a, like, a sensor's malfunction and she gets frustrated. That's on me. And you're back Did at the you security station. Did you call yourself brave for sitting next to me? Did he tell you that he was brave for sitting next to me? And I look at Prawl. Prawl goes, honestly, I'm not really listening to him. Oh, oh. I turn to Bren and I want him, I, I, I look at him and say, well, you know that I actually do listen to you. And then I turn back to Prawl. Well. I mean, I guess it's 20 minutes has passed. Do you, does anyone want to play Two Truths and a Lie? Yes. Let's go. Let's do this. Great. Do, uh, so you know how to play. You start. Thanks for starting. Okay. Thanks for volunteering. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Two Truths and a Lie. So. Wait, look, really engaged. Someone is trying to approach us. Just, What's just that? Make severe eye, some, someone is coming over here like they want to ask a question. Just make really intense eye contact with me right now. Oh. Um. He leans in and like narrows his eyes and instinctively yeah. his body language shifting naturally. It's almost like one of those, if you can imagine it, Ravity, those Looney Tune cartoons when a dog like leans forward and their ears dart oh, forward yeah. and point. Cause his antenna lean in and he just looks down at you and just says, I've never heard such a critical critique of the prime directive, Lieutenant. Well done. It's a new, a new take on an old policy, but uh, it, that's the kind of stuff that, that we need at Starfleet in order to keep ourselves. Is, are they gone? I'm, I don't know how to do this. Are they uh, gone? Prawl, are they gone? I like asked from the corner of my mouth. He's on Prawl the looks, Prawl looks back at you too and says, what are you talking about? What are you doing? We're trying to avoid conversation. Do you um, want people to come over here and ask stuff? Um, and at that point, Jashashian walks up. Um, Damn it, Prawl. Wearing this very nice white, almost same texture of like silk dress, striding up. You can see the bone that those glossed, looks like they've been glossed like 
these perhaps like a version of Dishashian society of like dressing up and looking nice is making sure your ebony plates are looking particularly sparkly that evening. These are almost iridescent and have a slight blue glow to them. This uh, female presenting Dishashian approaches all of you with a slight sway in her hips. And as she moves up to Prawl, he just turns and looks at her and says, no, thank you. And she stops and looks at the two of you for a second and moves on. So me raving to you, it's like, damn, that's cold. Jane, I feel, was like, that's every day. Let's move on. <laughs> Watching your spirit animal interact at a party right now, LaCat? Yeah, it's, that's what's happening right now. Um, so anyway. Uh, he just he just says can I get one more question. If I get one more question about my spots or why my skin is so white. I'm going to I'm going to resign from Starfleet right here. I'm going to take my pips and throw them on the floor. He's saying all this with a slight chuckle. He's like I'm just going to throw them on the floor. You know? I never realized this about you, but you are a little dramatic. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I get that way when I've been drinking. What are you drinking? I have no idea what this is. And he holds it up. Um, it's some kind of milky, like it has an orange tint to it. Huh. And as he swirls it around in the glass, it almost clings to the sides of the crystal glass, like um, like some kind of fluid that you would find inside of uh, like a, it, it almost looks like, it almost looks like, like the glittery slime you might find on the inside of snowballs. It just kind of slides across the glass and he just shakes it and looks at it and says, it's pretty good, but I've had to drink a lot for any of it to work. Huh. Well, I don't drink, so... At that moment, Tech stumbles yeah. over with a glass of it and goes, Have you tried the orange stuff? Is that what it's called? Well, it's a descriptor. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I tried it. It's good, right? I think it's fantastic. This is... Um, I, I've only had a few sips. On a scale of one to intoxicated, where would you say you are right now, Tech? <laughs> I don't know the meaning of that word. <laughs> okay. What's that? What are you talking about? Hmm? What? What? When Prawl says that, Vryn looks at Prawl and his head cocks and he leans back and he goes, You're drunk. You're drunk. I see it. You're drunk, Prawl. I can see it. And Prawl goes, Oh my god. What? Oh my god. We would be foolish not to take advantage of this right now. Holy Prawl? shit, Prawl's drunk. <laughs> Prawl's drunk. Prawl oh is the one time we can have fun with him. Oh you see Prawl god. shake his head and he goes, Prawl, what do you do for fun? Who the fuck? What? What do you do uh, for fun? <laughs> what do I do for fun? Yes. This is a valid question. Uh. I was going to tell you what I do for fun, but I, I actually know. realized that it's not a very pleasant list. Um, I don't know. I um, I, I brood for fun. Ooh, let's brood. Ready? Everybody brood. Everybody brood. Vryn straightens up and says, everyone brood. Oh my god, Exio's coming over here. Commander, let's brood for the commander. Everybody brood. Like, like we're just like, yeah. Oh, here she comes. Have I offended you? Yeah. <laughs> Really? Prawl, this is Prawl's idea of fun. 
We're brooding I'm, for I'm, Prawl. It's the name of our group now. We're brooding for Prawl. Oh, is this a game? I uh, yes. Prawl's drunk commander. I see. Well, I I suppose this is a party. Yeah, that but, was but, my thought too. Commander, he's drunk right now. He's drunk. Yes. At that point, Prawl leaves <laughs> and says, "Don't tell the commander I'm drunk." <laughs> and Vryn goes, "Okay, <laughs> I'll make sure she doesn't find out." Prawl just nods stoically and continues to glance about. And um, I, I Vryn, just walk up to Prawl and I and I say, "I believe you are not drunk, but is the room spinning?" Yeah. Oh, thank One. God! I thought it was just me. Mm. No, it's it's. This is amazing. I, um, I hand him the water that I have not been drinking, but I've had it in my hand, um, and just say, um, "This one's on the house." Thank you. Commander. And then um, I, I I look at the rest of um, uh, them, okay, and uh, sort of try to. I, I can tell that um, Prawl is not. Uh, hearing sentences at the same speed as everyone else. Um, so I say my sentence a little quicker so as to okay. distort the sound to him. <laughs> okay. Um, oh you're, you're engaging a cloaking device on your sentence right now? <laughs> yes. And um, I, I just very quickly go, um, I would just like to remind everyone that they should not be taking too much advantage and to not be too cruel. Have a nice party. And I turn and um, and as I'm walking away, um, I uh, just sort of uh, shout over them. Um, Hope the Jashashians have been using my language and uh, walk away because the last hour I have been teaching the Jashashians boundary language, um, <laughs> so that as they're approaching individuals, they know that they have maintained eye contact before they have continued walking or uh, try to interact with individuals mm -hmm. and um, that they are learning the correct phrases and uh, coping mechanisms for extreme rejection. Because <laughs> oh, I have noticed several Jashashians walking away from several groups that have um, not a lot of spoons left at this party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, great. So you, the, the the lot of you, you carry on. You mischief makers in the corner carry on. Y'all kind of like jumping between laughter and dry humor while Prawl stares at everyone stoically. Um, and I, I, I move over to the captain. I okay, start making cool. my way. You rejoin the captain and Olin, who have been next to McCrell. Um, McCrell has been getting McCrell. You've just been getting a lot, a lot of attention. A lot of pictures taken. Lots of selfies. Lots of. Lots of um, um, the, the press that has been allowed into this event has been taking <laughs> has been wanting to take images of you. Um, and uh, right now you're ga you're gathered with, uh, most of the, you're gathered with your two commanding officers and the ambassador. The yeah. the high regent is clearly riding high from all of this. Um, and when you rejoin the the three of them, commander. You're arriving just in time to hear uh, the High Regent in the middle of an excited sentence. Um, 
his rather large body is moving with incredible ease as he almost bounces with every with every word. He's just going, and they're saying that in the next 20 years, we could actually see the emergence of what could possibly be a rainforest in that particular hemisphere. It's absolutely astounding. Uh, if if life begins to explode on that side of the planet, like we're expecting it to, it will mean a whole new era of prosperity for the Jashashian people. Uh, Jadaran will become a biological haven. We're, we're actually going to have to start making uh, uh, preparations for all of the inclusion of new biological life that could sprout up. I mean, there are species uh, of plant life on this planet that has not existed in that hemisphere for, well, as you well know, hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, it's... It's extraordinary, quite extraordinary. Just one of the many things that we have to thank all of you for. Uh, it's, um... We'll have to make sure that you have enough agricultural equipment to take advantage of the blossoming of botany and so on. So please do keep in touch with everything that you need. Yes, I look forward to hearing about the different type of plant lives that should become abundant on your planet. Oh, yes, uh, your uh, Cardassian lieutenant put in a request for me earlier. Uh, I believe she was also expressing a keen interest on in the biological life that was going to be blossoming up and has requested uh, from the head of our science division to keep her updated on uh, some of the biological life that will be growing here. Yes, um, yes. I'm also quite interested. So uh, I'd be make, sure to, make sure to uh, CC me, okay? On the I'm sure wherever there is an interest in botany, you will find our science officer rooted to the spot. Yes. Um, at about that moment, the Admiral rejoins all of you. Um, mm -hmm. As a quick reminder, Admiral Bear is a woman of Indian descent. She is about 5'9". She's wearing the full bars of the Admiralty and full dress uniform, and usually conducts herself with a very tired but serious demeanor. She conducts herself as someone who just, like, she's not rude, but she doesn't want to be fucked with. <laughs> um, it's kind of her primary personality trait, the, the way that she commands. Tonight, however, you are, it, it, is, it, is, it is just a, a completely different, it is a change of scenery to see her approach the lot of you with a big smile on her face, holding a glass of whatever she's holding. As she rejoins is, it, is it orange? It's orange. Oh, good. <laughs> um, she steps up to the group and just says, well, I hope uh, diplomatic relations haven't been completely shattered in the four minutes that I've been away from this group. Not yet. <laughs> Excellent. And it's a good thing we have Olin here. Ambassador, are you keeping everyone in line? Oh, they're really quite well trained all on their own. Starfleet does an excellent job with its offices. Yes, it does. She regards everyone particularly Exio, you see she gives a smile to the commander um, and just says, Lieutenant Commander, I would like to have a meeting with you tomorrow morning at 0800. Can you meet me in the captain's ready room? I would be more than happy to accept. Thank you. Captain, of course, I think you, uh, you know what this is regarding. I should certainly hope so by now. Good. Well, I don't want to spoil the party with any more business. Exio, we'll talk tomorrow. Everyone enjoy, she doesn't get the word out. There's a chirp on your inner, on your communicator and on hers from the USS Ross. Um, 
On, uh, were you pointing at me? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> yeah. I, I've gotten a little too comfortable with remote streaming and I'm just like, they're <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, it's to the command staff. So, uh, Exio and, uh, and also Admiral Abair and also Azari Saul. The three of you get the command chart. Got it. You hear, um, your yeoman. Uh, Captain Saul, this is the USS Ross. Yes, uh, yeoman asked me if this is a go for Saul. Uh, Captain, a priority one message has just come in for Admiral Abair. You see that smile on Abair's face start to falter, and she goes, Can I take it down here, Ensign? Yeoman? She looks at the drink, and you hear the yeoman say, uh, No, Admiral. Starfleet's orders are specific. It's priority one to be taken only. And she cuts the yeoman off and just says, All right, fine. Um, all right, bring I me up. Discreetly, I, I pass her uh, some water real quick. Just She takes the water and passes you the drink. Um, and she says, all right, yeoman, um, tell Singh to beam me up. If you will all excuse me, um, as she takes a step back, you see the high regent go, oh, uh, headed back to the ship. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, will I see you again, Admiral? And she just nods and says, you can count on it. Standing by and you, <laughs> Exio, the high regent yes. leans over to you. The, the high regent leans over to you and goes, I love it when this happens. And he just stares as you watch the Admiral begin to beam she, that blue column of light and she beams away. I just I just lean a little closer and I just say, imagine how it feels. I'm very much looking forward to the day I get to try it. I want to give a quick look over to Prawl. Did he receive the message as well or is it? No. Oh, okay. It didn't look like it went to the entire command staff. Great. Okay. I just wanted to check if, if there was a bunch of inebriated people about to be beamed <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. That's um, the wonderful great. thing about being on a Rosk class. Unlike unintrepid, <laughs> even if the senior staff are drunk, there are enough people who are still not drunk. Yeah. So it's okay to drink a little bit. I'm, I'm going yes. to grab uh, the orange drink uh, quickly and do like a scan of it and go, Oh. And uh, <laughs> bring bring just one or two hypo sprays over to Prawl and Tech, just and to like not tell, not saying anything, just like putting them down and go okay, <laughs> putting them down there for them just in case for your headache later. And Prawl well, stares at it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look over at LaCat and be like, because I know she'll make sure he. At least take. Oh, you look over at La Cat, and she looks <laughs> back at you, and is like, "Please don't make me the responsible." One. <laughs> I grab them again and give them to Vren, and then go, "No." Vren goes, "I'll take them." All right. Two hypo sprays. <laughs> and then I'll As walk. You back start and to walk back, loud enough so you can hear. Vryn turns to all of you, um, turns to you, Lacat, turns to Prawl, and just says, you guys dare me to pop both of these in my neck right yes. now at the same time? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I hear it, but still just keep walking. Just and then he looks back and he goes, there's no way I'm doing that. I just wanted to see if I could, yeah. Uh, do you, do you, do you... you just see the ear twitch back. <laughs> You're like, she heard it. Don't you do that. 
um, it takes about 10, 15 minutes before another chirp comes through the communications uh, for you, Captain Azari, and you, Commander Exio. It's Admiral April Ebert. This is the Admiral to the Captain and Commander Exio. Go for Exio. I'm thrilled. I'm sure this was a good one. I'm afraid I'm gonna have to cut the party short, Captain. We've been ordered back to Narendra Station at maximum warp. Understood. I'll gather the crew. Um, see you soon. I'll see you in a moment. Everything at that point, the high, regent, the high regent who's overheard this looks at all of you and says, oh no, do you have to go? I'm afraid so. Fortunately though, so far as I understand Starfleet regulations, Crew can be collected all manner of ways. Perhaps you would join me for it. And I want to uh, look to the dance floor where there are a bunch of our crew. <laughs> and extend my hand to the high regent, and I'm bas- I, I would like to swing him around the dance floor and, and tap our crew out uh, okay. one by one and get a little bit of party in. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you... <laughs> It's, it's quite the sight, but um, the, the truth of the matter is, is Exio's dancing programs have been quite extraordinary to watch. And it doesn't take much to sort of get into the groove of some of the things that you've seen. Not to mention, Azri, you've also had to know a thing or two, especially in your line of, of intel work. So it does, you're all kind of impressed to see um, Captain Azri Saul, who stands a full two heads taller than this large Jashashian um, leading him around the dance floor and spinning through and like leaning over to Ox crew as they're dancing kind of startled to see the captain lean over to them and say we're reporting back to the ship so wrap it up <laughs> kind of like very subtly kind of rounding everybody up until eventually you make your way um, over to the other side of the room where the stoic three are sitting <laughs> and you can tell um, as you as you move up tech everybody's watching you and Vren sitting there holding a glass of alcohol with two hyposprays in his right hand as you come off the dance floor. And he just stares at you, forgetting protocol for a split second, and goes, that was great. Captain, sir. I turn back to the high regent and I'm going regent to, and, and I'm going to purely out of indulgence and because it is a party night, not have heard that in, in that particular tone. So I will bow kiss the higher region's hand. Shake. <laughs> he just says, oh, 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 I can't wait till you return, Captain. I need to learn how to dance like that. That's so much more exciting than what we do here. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of excitement for you to teach us, and I look forward to it another time, high region. Vrin immediately pipes up and goes, high region, if I may say, the next time we're here, remind me I'm going to introduce you to something that they did on Earth a long time ago called swing dancing. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to absolutely blow your mind. And the high region goes, "Is that sounds painful?" And he's like, "No, no, no. I, I don't mean literally blow your mind. I mean it's, it'll, you, you'll be very happy about it." Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. Blow like, ex, like excitement. Yes, excitement. That's that's, that's good. That's. Good. But also, swing dancing is painful. Just to put that out there. Also, Captain, it's not synthahol. You swing dance? 
Apparently. We'll have to find out East Coast or West Coast another time, though. We're reporting back to the ship. Yeah. All right. Everything okay? I look to the hyposprays, look back to tech. See you in a bit. Mm-hmm. Hi, Captain. Prawl looks like he just noticed that you were there, Captain, and goes, Sir, how are you enjoying the evening? We're reporting back to the ship, Commander. Thank now. God. He sets the glass down. You see him chirp on the communicator immediately and say, One to beam up. After it, he beams, I just I look at how far he got into that glass. It's empty. Um, Vryn, Vryn is in mid-sentence. He's like, I don't know if they meant right now. And he's beaming out. <laughs> and he just goes, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Some people know how to make an entrance. Others, an exit. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Jane's holding her water that she hasn't touched, and she, like, offers it to Tech. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> Do you want one of those as well? And she points at the hypospray. Yeah, I should, I should take one. If we're going back to the ship, I probably uh, and should. And with the second you say, yeah, I should take one, she swipes it from Renzian. You can tell me if he resists. And nope. uh, she'd like to... Uh, Shoot up, uh, tech. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm you ready to make this a real party tech. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're gonna have some hypo spray. <laughs> no, I can perfectly capable of doing it on my. <laughs> no. Yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, it's like a shower, sonic shower. So it's essentially gonna help prevent hangover, but it's not gonna immediately sober you up. It oh, is a good. strong arm, though. It, it's a banana kinda... bag. In a hypo spray? Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um, mm -hmm. um, she looks at uh, Vren, looks down at the additional hypo spray, looks back up at him. Vren just goes, I'm actually okay. I didn't drink that much. The moment I got a taste of this stuff, I realized I should pace myself. So does that mean you're going to keep that? Because <laughs> well, I, I called dips. Fine. He hands it over to you. She pockets it. She <laughs> <You> pockets <laughs> hypo spray. <laughs> <laughs> She um, runs literally like gambling rings. Like, this is what? good stuff. <laughs> I knew it! I, I knew it! The great thing about I, remote streaming is the audience... Can, never! The, the great thing about remote streaming is the audience can clearly see our reactions and everyone is staring at Sam DeLev right now. <laughs> everyone wants to know how the captain reacts to that. <laughs> Obviously right. not said because out loud. The thing is, the truth is... The cat, you ain't that smooth. <laughs> so the, the captain not. moves past and bumps. <laughs> the intelligence officer comes out of Azri Saul. And I'm guessing the hypo spray uh, vanishes from the cat's possession. Great. Is, that why the, yes. is that why it was a bump? Yes. Right. And uh, Moves moves past Vren, whispers into his ear, if you want to be flying the ship, and moves off. I like flying the ship. It's a good ship. You hear him mutter. And, so um, hopefully he uses the hypo spray that's now in his hand. Ah, he <laughs> gives himself the shot. And, and then he looks at you, Lacat, and goes, 
No, no, Captain gave it to me. I didn't take this. Like, this is... Still goes I... on... No, still I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But he looks at tech like, I... Wow, I took one and I did it. Did I? Did Olin see all of that happening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to have seen it. I would very much like to have taken note of all of that mess happening over there. Okay. Same. I'm immediately going to. Olin is probably helping uh, Exio gather people up and get them them going and sending off the waves of people. We gathered a party! What's that? What, gather your what's party. That? <laughs> gather your party. We should have had an episode of Gather Your Away Team. Um, I mean, maybe one, maybe one day. Is young, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else expecting Talison to just suddenly smash through a wall or something? <laughs> it would be oh, very, yeah. on, it'd be very on brand for him if he just appeared and like, not to get anybody's hopes up. Talison is not guesting on the show tonight, <laughs> but wouldn't that be amazing? Um, He's a magical being, and it could happen. It is true. Okay, so it doesn't take much to gather everybody because, you know, communicators. The ox crew does assemble pretty quickly and it becomes apparent that the guests of honor are having to leave. Apologies are made, um, but the Jashashians seem quite understanding about this. It looks like the party's probably gonna die the moment y'all leave. <laughs> However, the High Regent is gracious and thanks you all so much. As you're all lining up for the beam, as people are beaming away in groups um, and people are kind of giving you the Wizard of Oz goodbye, uh, the High Regent comes up to you, Exio, and extends his hands and just gives your hands a big shake and says, it is such an extraordinary pleasure meeting you. I mean, I, a holographic first officer, a first officer, a starship. Like, it's a lot to take in. You're absolutely lovely. It was such a pleasure. I hope you come back. I would love to. Honestly, you have no idea how wonderful it is to... In my line of work, I'm usually the one asking the questions. It was oh, quite a nice time to talk. <laughs> well, I promise you, when you come back, we'll bend your ear. A hundred percent. We will ask you a thousand... Always bendable. <laughs> um, Literally. <laughs> you just... Hollow <laughs> joke. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> um... People line up, photos are taken, um, there's flashes as images are saved. Um, a lot of you line up and wave goodbye to Jadaran. As one by one in the middle of this party, each of you return to the USS Ross. It's late. It would probably be about 11.45 PM ship time. Um, beaming back on board the pad, you see um, senior staff that are stepping off the transporter pad, a bunch you see Prawl has already loosened his collar as he's like stepped off the pad, but a lot of the senior staff has waited for you, Captain. Everyone's kind of gathered around <clears throat> and waiting for the rest of the senior staff before they can be dismissed. But essentially, one by one, you were all transported back into the brightly lit room of exquisite technology that is the USS Ross Transporter Room 1. Behind you are the great yellow glowing columns of the transporter room, and in front of you is that glassy black... Uh, transporter pad. The senior staff assembled in front of you, Captain, as you're on the transporter pad. And at about that moment, you hear the Admiral's voice come through. Senior staff, report to the briefing room immediately. I was hoping to release some of you, but alas, we are all of us engaged. <clears throat> as we're walking, I have sprays for Prawl as well. 
Because I also noticed that he did not get one. (laughs) (laughs) Upon the mention of engaged, Exio just holds up their hand, takes off their ring, and hands it to the captain, and then just briskly walks past to head to the ready room. (laughs) There's a quick blip. There's a there's a quick wave that washes over Exio for a split second. It almost looks like there's this line of resolution that just plays throughout her body as the hollow emitters of the ship take over for the ring. Um, one by one, you all make your way up to the ready room, lining up into the hallways, moving through the brightly lit corridors that just start to darken for the next shift as it begins. Um, you guys can actually hear in the corridors itself the bells as the next shift has started. It actually wouldn't start at 11.45, but let's just move it around a little bit for the effect of shipboard life. Um, so as all of you are moving into um, the bridge area, uh, entering into the entering into the briefing room, you find Admiral April Ebert at the head of the table with a data pad. She doesn't even look up as, as everyone starts to filter in. She's really engrossed at what she's looking at. Um, Of course, outside the windows of the staff room, the senior staff uh, meeting room, is the beautiful vista of the planet Jadarin. It is, as I described it before, the size of Saturn. This great horizon that stretches almost your full field of vision um, on the other side of a, a sunrise. And the light from the sun that is setting in the other hemisphere, causing the surface of Jadaran to glitter and glow from the refractors of the crystal, all made the more so because on the other side of the planet, you can still see the gray, ashen, black clouds of smoke gathering into the upper atmosphere from the multiple volcanoes that were uh, that were um, re- basically became active after the emergence of the entity. They've been erupting for three weeks, and they're expected to erupt for another week before they finally begin to calm. Um, it is spreading a ton of ash into the upper atmosphere. A lot of it has begun to spread to the other side of the hemisphere. However, technology has prevented any of that from becoming any kind of fallout. And as a result, um, there is a dark inside of the planet. That you can see lightning storms beginning to develop. You all know, anybody who has some basic biology knows that this eruption, all of this ash being spread out, all the nutrients that are being brought up, from the earth that you guys have been, uh, or from this planet's surface that you guys have been tracking. This is going to be how the birth of the new organic life spreads on this part of the planet. It's quite extraordinary. Um, Taking your seats, uh, the Admiral looks up from the data pad and says, there's actually not much to go over here, which is part of why I'm frustrated. Sorry to cut the party short. It looks like Starfleet sent a priority one message. We're to report back to Narendra Station immediately, and we've been authorized for maximum warp. Can you see to that? And she nods to you, Captain. I look to Vren. And Vren says, uh, I'll let the Helms person know immediately, and gets up and moves out of the room. She looks back at all of you and says, I reached out to Commander Sivek, and I have heard back there is no emergency situation on Narendra Station. So everything on Narendra is fine. This seems to be coming straight from Starfleet HQ. Is that all the information in the database? Fortunately, yes. The only other piece of information, according to this data pad, is that whatever the priority mission is, it's highly classified, and they don't trust transmitting 
transmitting it across deep space. Which leads me to the frustrating part. The Ross is being temporarily reassigned to Starbase 105. You see her face fall a little bit with irritation. You're being pulled out of the Shackleton Expanse temporarily. I see. Starbase 105, you're to proceed there at warp nine. Should take you about eight days to get there. You'll still be in the neighborhood, Captain, if nothing else. After this mission, whatever it is, is completed, I have been assured that you'd be reporting back to me immediately. But apparently there's some kind of diplomatic crisis and the USS Ross is being tapped as the flagship. What does Majin Neal know about um, Starbase 105? Starbase 105 is another outpost. It's one of the outposts on this side of Federation space. Um, it's an excellent hub for... Uh, the best way to describe a lot of a lot of Starfleet captains jokingly call Starbase 105 the pit stop because a lot of it is just it is a great play it is it is the one Starbase you can stop at before you head to all of the more relevant Starbases in the system it's deep within Federation territory on this side of the Klingon uh, neutral zone not no longer a Klingon neutral zone but on this side of Klingon space so you're actually headed back deeper into Federation territory um, closer to Klingon the Klingon borders it's not a particularly controversial space. If you follow Star Trek TNG, 105 is referenced in the episode where people watch Spock disappear. Dun, dun, dun. But um, other than that, uh, Starbase 105 is just another, <laughs> just another Starbase. As far as you know, it has no particular significance. Who at Starfleet sent the order, if I may ask, Admiral? She flips the data pad over, and you see from the office of, of Admiral Catherine Janeway. See. Well, are we to drop you off, or are you? She nods. You're dropping me off. Supposedly, there might be some more information waiting for us at Narendra, but they won't transmit it over subspace out here in Shackleton. Cyvek's going to be keeping me posted. Understood. Anything further you'd like from us then, Admiral? Yes, I'd like you all to get some sleep. And she gets up out of her chair and says, except for you, Exio. I need you just to be Exio. Can do. No sleep needed. <laughs> To the rest of you, she says, everybody get some rest. Don't worry about this tonight. You have all done a remarkable job for the Federation. And it has been remarked upon in conversation at the highest level. I've already submitted my accommodation for the USS Ross. It's one of the reasons I suspect you're being tapped for this mission. The USS Ross was always meant to be a platform of diplomacy. I knew from the moment they stationed you all out here in the Shackleton Expanse that they were going to play basketball with you. One moment I was going to have you, the next minute they were. I have questioned the wisdom of Starfleet, if I may be so bold, in stationing a ship that is primed for diplomatic operations so far away from diplomatic hotspots. However, they trust that you'll be able to get where you need to go in a timely manner. And I guess it's time to see if they're right. 
Well, if the worst problem this ship has is that we are too in demand because this crew is too capable, I think I will take that particular advice. I don't mind a glass half full point of view, Captain. I'll take that too. I think there have been quite enough glasses, full and otherwise, for the evening. Thank you, Admiral. Everyone's dismissed. Everyone except for you, Captain. I'd like to have a word with you. Of course. Senior staff begins to filter out of the room. As we start to filter out, uh, I actually, uh, Olin is going to kind of uh, sidle up to the cat. Um, think you might like to join me for that cup of tea before we go to sleep. Think I can bring Orwell? Of course. I left Patience here because I thought she might be a little bit too overwhelmed by the crystals. I don't think she particularly enjoys the sound. Um, Oral doesn't enjoy other people, so but that's he hasn't why I left seen, her behind. He hasn't seen Patience in a while, though. The two of them might enjoy some uh, some carpet time. It's the one thing he can stand, of course. I will go pick him up from... The person is taking care of him and she like pulls out her data pad and like looks through the long, long roster of like orwell's babysitters and you see some names are crossed off and like notes are next so, to it like how many fingers has he chewed off at this point how many <laughs> of them has he sent to dr mccrell's office you know what i have a spreadsheet that we can go through during our nightcap Sounds and then we walk off delightful <laughs> all right so one by one, the ready room empties out. You are alone now with the Admiral. Um, she slides the data pad across the floor, uh, across the floor, across the table. And she just says, all right, Captain, I have you alone for a second, so I need to ask you something. Dr. Wellix. Yes. What a pain in the ass. Have you heard anything from Starfleet as to why they saddled you with this Romulan defector? No, other than that my ship and crew are so capable as to be able to handle them, one presumes again, our fatal flaw. What is his medical condition right now? From what I understand, he was going through some kind of degeneration. Yes, associated with the chip from the Tal Shiar. Do you have a time frame? Is there a way to treat him? Mm. Treatment at this point seems to be supportive, but we've really no substitute but to figure out an alternative neural pathway for him without that chip. It's theoretically possible. I, my engineers, have been working on it, my science officer, Dr. McCrell has been non-stop at work with it, quite frankly. She's been doing some very innovative work. I think that in itself will have interesting crossover applications. She's might be a surgeon, but quite the scientist for need be. I don't want to insult Starfleet intelligence, Captain. I know that that was your department. You served Starfleet intelligence with distinction. I did, I, yes. She smirks and says, noted. 
I bring this up because I have a feeling since he's not able to supply any new intelligence, Starfleet isn't putting a particular priority on him. I don't want to sound cynical, but I have a feeling that his life is in your hands right now. That's not fair to him or you. This is my way without anybody else looking, because as far as I'm concerned, Captain, out here on the edge of space, I'm Starfleet. So, what do you need from me? Admiral? Leeway. How much leeway? And do I want to know? If I asked for it, Admiral, in such terms, I She raises her hand. Dismiss, Captain. Have a good evening, Admiral. You too. I look forward to hearing the results of your meeting with my exo tomorrow. I look forward to hearing the results of your... whatever. She grins and looks down at her data pad. <laughs> Good job tonight, by the way. Get some sleep. Yes, ma'am. All right. Saul so stepping out of the ready, stepping out of the debriefing room. It's as you move out of the briefing room, you step on to the bridge to see uh, beta shift has begun. Or is it? No, actually, this would be alphabet. This would be gamma shift. Beta will yeah. be finishing up. Gamma hasn't yet taken over. That's right, because it's forty-five. So gamma starts soon. Yes, um, they'll start at I believe uh, one a.m. and that'll mm -hmm. be nine. So right now, the lights on the bridge have dimmed, and it is peaceful and quiet. You've stepped onto the bridge just in time to see Helm plotting the course, and you have watched as the starfield begins to turn, as the Ross begins to uh, turn hard to starboard and move away from the planet. And you watch as the planet Jatteran leaves the view screen. And then suddenly the starfield begins to accelerate in front of you, and there's a brilliant blue flash. You have gotten used to hearing it now. It's subtle. Chief Tech can probably hear it too. But there's this low hum that normally couldn't be heard on starships, but to warp cores, there's a warp core underneath this deck. <laughs> the power that the USS Ross generates as she jumps to warp and accelerates to maximum speed. Um, there is this calming ambient rumble, this <laughs> And you see the starfield until you hear the helm say, confirmed warp nine. Estimated time of arrival, three days, 16 hours. Thank you, helm. Enjoy maximum. Good night, Captain. Vryn waves at you from the next to the helm. I should be getting sleep and sleep too. And he turns on that heel and walks straight towards the nearest turbo lift. <laughs> on the other side of the view screen, steps inside. Um, I'm I'll... still on the bridge. I'm okay. still on the bridge. I, I'm just sort of, you know, surveying and, and watching. Um, 
And um, as the captain is mm-hmm. exiting, I just want to shoot them one quick. Captain. I'll, I'll Thank step you. over alongside. Mm-hmm. And um, just a very quiet. Um... Thank you. About damn time. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's what you have me for. Good night, Captain. Good night, Commander. Shall we cut down to 10 forward? Is that where y'all are headed? My quarters. Your quarters, okay. Would you like to describe to us what your quarters look like, Ambassador? Stepping inside? Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I haven't really put a lot of thought into this, but I imagine that Olin lives in a space that's filled with lots of pretty plants. Um, there is a an open space uh, for um, uh, for patients to be able to play and train in, basically, and kind of just you know roll around and and plenty of of that. But there is lots of beautiful plant life, potted plants and stuff like all over the place. Um, uh, probably some really nice um, uh, like really, really beautiful paintings from like collected from all over the different places that Olin has visited, like in a bunch of different mediums. Like you could tell they enjoy collecting beautiful things and putting them in their space. Um, And uh, there's a very nice little kind of nook for dining that's been like created. And uh, uh, I think maybe they've done a little bit of work with the, the, uh, the crew to kind of make a little bit of a kitchenette in their in their quarters because they like to actually cook as well uh they'll they'll use the the um the uh the ding dang replicator if they have to but they prefer to cook their own meals um so yeah uh just a really like tropical lush artistic space uh nice okay this is what you this is what you come to when you step inside the room Lacat. Um, I love it. LeCat comes in. She has Orwell with her. Um, and she's quiet. She's actually kind of angry, and I think that you being you, Olin, uh, knows this and recognizes this in her. But, like, she is... She, you, you can also tell that she's not angry at you. I think she's angry at the circumstances. Um, and I think that the second the doors close behind her, um, you know, she starts talking because I think that she feels very comfortable around you. And she goes like, another detour. Now, isn't that just great? I mean, I didn't sign up for a taxi service. Did you sign up for a taxi service? You know, I knew that map was too damn good to be true. I knew <laughs> that we would never actually get a chance to use it. And she like lets she like lets Orwell out of her hands and Orwell like runs over to like patience and like runs around with patience a little or orwell is a little shit but orwell enjoys the presence of patience very very much and i think that they are um they're best buddies they're best buds they are (laughs) so they run around and i think that like looking at orwell have like a good time with his friends like is like therapeutic to her but um yeah she's just kind of this with this new like oh yeah and olin Olin about yeah, Olin has heard this uh, this particular tone with the cat many times, and so they let the cat have their little rant. 
Okay. You know what I'm going to say to you, right? I mean, you're probably going to say something very sensible, but, like, I'm not going to, like, pretend I know what's going on in your mind. Um, I was going to say that, yes, it is a little bit frustrating that we keep being yanked back and forth, but we are going to get to that map. We are. Could you just, like, use your ability to talk to people, to convince people that maybe we shouldn't do this? Maybe we just need to go straight to Shackleton. Like... Can they not see we are a scientific vessel? We are not built for diplomatic missions. No offense. I mean, is this what you want to do? <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> they did are say that there is. They did say that there was a diplomatic incident, and if they are calling on me to go somewhere, I mean, I probably could have just been. Maybe when we get to Narendra, I can simply ask them to dispatch me instead of the whole ship, but. I have to run that by the captain first anyway. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, you stay with our crew. Like, you are part of our crew. Like, that's not... We wouldn't just, like, leave you behind. That's stupid. Anyway, <laughs> I think that you should try talking them out of it. That's my plan right now. <laughs> I hear you, and I understand. Your usual... Yeah. And uh, Olin goes over to the Without, don't, don't <laughs> spike it this time. I've given up drinking. I know. For like three days. But, you know, it's a three-day streak, so. Three days is still three days. How are you? Emotionally? Physically? I don't know. I don't, I mean, can't you tell? You can tell. You probably know better than I do. Of course I can tell, but that doesn't negate the fact that it means more if you say how you feel. She doesn't say anything, but I think you can tell that she, well, you, you can tell she appreciates that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, how about this? How are you doing? And I think that she asked this with like a very, like, with intention because I think that like Jane is very bad at talking about her feelings and so the way that she does it is she's like okay I'm gonna pay attention to how this person talks about their feelings and then like kind of like structure my answer in the same way that they do so this is not her trying to deflect the question this is just her trying to be like how do I actually talk about this well I mean I'm feeling a lot of things right now I'm feeling elated and ecstatic and exhausted and confused and excited and exhausted um i mean it is 11 p.m at night oh nope actually almost midnight huh <laughs> well, exhausted. exhausted is extremely valid also we had a three-hour party i tapped out after the first 20 minutes there's i saw <laughs> oh my god they really Another... need to stop inviting you to parties now shouldn't they or i just need to have a better person to hide behind one or the other I'll, I'll take one or the other if i have to be there because i do like talking to them about science and about i don't know i don't know i do commend you on not punching anyone in the throat this time you remember that do you 
Oh, I remember that there was one Cardassian who was incredibly, incredibly inconvenienced by uh, your spiky temper uh, last time I was, uh, I uh, saw you that heated. You want to know something? You're better at this than you believe you are. I really honestly think so. Your enthusiasm is exactly why I recommended you to Starfleet in the first place. You have the type of spirit they need. Oh man, and she goes very quiet about this and it's 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 a it's a it's like a you can feel that it's like this confusion as well as this uncertainty and i don't think she believes you when you're like oh you picked right and um i think that i am good at faking it is what she says Hmm. and um you know i've made it this far so you know I know you better than that. What? Um, I... Oh my god, are you sure you didn't spike this? <laughs> I didn't. You know, I feel like I... would have completely lost it if we were not on this together. Um. I I think that I'm thankful for you, Owen. And I'm not very good at expressing that. And I don't think I will be for a long time, but I want you to know that. If, at the very least, you give Orwell a good friend. You know what I see when I look at you on this ship? Oh, she doesn't answer, so (laughs) she stays stays quiet. She's emotional. I see a young woman who has taken every single thing that anybody has ever said about them or thought about them, and not only turned it on its head, but made it one of the most incredible things about her. I've seen a woman who is making friends in a way that is wholly unique and wonderful for her. I see a woman who has stretched herself. Maybe she's pushed a few boundaries. Maybe she's uh, tapped at a few buttons just to see where those boundaries are. But I've never seen her be completely and utterly disrespectful. You're, well, you could be a little bit more formal with the captain, but otherwise, you're doing pretty all right. I will say this, though. I think you're slipping. Slipping? On what? I have and never... There's, there's a moment like, that, that catches her as double take. She does a double take, and it's like, what the fuck am I fucking up on? You tell me right now. I have never known you to enjoy an easy competition in all the time I known you. What competition are you? Well, okay, first of all, which competition are you talking about? Because I have like <laughs> at least, I've got at least six, at least. Well, there's the one where you 
and the entire science crew are in some kind of a t uh, competition with the engineering crew, and yet you have managed to boot, uh, do this competition with the engineering's best horse still stuck in the table, uh, in the stable. And I cannot believe that you're okay with that. Why isn't tech a part of this? I'm... <laughs> Olin, I think you know this about me. Um, it just feels like the second that I open it up to tech, it gets a little too close to home, I guess. Um, also, I don't think tech likes me very much, if I'm going to be 100% honest. I it said something about his brother a while ago. And um, I just feel like the more that I look him and have to look him in the eyes, the more I kind of have to remember that. Can so, I tell you? So, you know, just yeah. my space and his space. And of course. Here's... Can I... Can I tell you something? Always. Or more rather, give you a, a different perspective on that. You have, in your own way, found a way to include yourself with various members of the crew in various ways. And that has been the way that you have connected to people. I think that if you were to put yourself in Tech's shoes, knowing that you have been left out because somebody is avoiding you, and he does know he's being left out, maybe this is a way to open up the door to a different conversation in a way that is fun for both of you. I will think about it. It's up to you, and it's your competition, so you can take this with a grain of salt. But I don't think there's any reason for you to believe that old fences can't be mended. If you I mean... If we're looking at the numbers objectively, the times you have been right are far greater than the times that you've been wrong. You know, I'm really proud of you. Um, Ravity dies inside, but Jane... <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jane does too, but Jane's better at hiding her feelings than Ravity is. Um, you, I, I think that like, it's it's almost like Jane has this like meter of like how much she's able to talk about her feelings, and the second you say that, it kind of like taps out, like you hit the top. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she sets down her, um, she sets down her drink. And I, I'm gonna say she's been sitting on the couch. I think she like kind of like leans back on the couch and like looks at the ceiling. And um, have you ever played the game Two Truths and a Lie? 
Oh, goodness. That takes me back. Mm. Yeah. I was trying to teach her to brawl, and, uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> that has been fun, though. Do you oh, know gosh. he for fun? He I can believe that. I can believe that. He's, a. Uh, I was, like, trying got... to break him out of it because he was drunk for the first time, and it just wasn't happening. Jesus, I really just want to go to the Shackleton Expanse. I do not want... I don't want to do this other diplomatic stuff. You know how I handle diplomatic situations. This is not... Yes, and, and we have been working on it. And we... Wor working is the key word in that sentence. I need you to, to know that. Like, I appreciate your help so much, but I don't know. Well, I can't make you any promises, but if we do have to do this assignment, I don't have, somehow manage to magically talk my way out of this. Ola's not going to try and talk himself out of this. Um, uh, I will try to be as swift as I can. Because I want to get back here, too. Thank you. Um, from the other side of the room, I think that we hear this, like, um, this little screech. And um, uh, Orla has gotten into a fight with a plant, and the plant is winning. Of course, um, my plants always win. Um, yes. But I, I'm, I do apologize if I've been a little bit too forward and intrusive. Um, but... Never, never. I would. Um, I think you know how I would re how I would react if I thought you were. This was good. I I needed this. I needed a friend. You always have that with me. And then she goes back to staring at the ceiling. And Olin just happily drinks their tea peacefully next to to the cat. Okay. And watches the their pets play. <clears throat> Maybe goes up and tries to help o uh, Orwell kind of detangle himself from the plant. No, nope, he's got to learn from it. He's got to learn from it. Just and, leave him be. Okay. <laughs> All right. Takes the cue, sits back down. Oh, would you maybe like some biscuits to go with the tea? Yeah, that'd be nice. I, uh, Just none, I, of the, none, of, none of the pistachio ones. I'll get some Jaffa cakes. Love that. All right. As we pull away from the quarters as the two friends continue their night, we're going to pause for our break. It's 8.06. So we'll be back in about 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody, to Clear Skies. We're back from our break. We're going to jump right back into our game tonight. Um, so uh, we're going to start off the next morning. Everyone having slept off the party and late night extravaganzas of tea and deep conversation. Um, the next morning starts with uh, Exio, your shift beginning. The, the thing is, is when your shift is set to begin, Exio, you're already on the bridge. So you are standing there when you see the turbo lift doors open and the Admiral and the Captain step out onto the uh, bridge itself. And immediately, um, Prawl, who is always early to his shift um, and is talking to the security officer, stands at attention and says, Admiral on the bridge. And she Admiral. kind of casually waves and says, Commander Exio, uh, everybody, good morning. Um, Commander, can I speak with you in the Captain's office, please? Absolutely. I hope you don't for, uh, please forgive me. I'm a bit early. I'm an all-day riser. Hmm. After you. Um, 
the crew is watching as the command staff, the senior staff goes into, uh, this, the commanding officers go into the captain's ready room. Um, Vren even does a slight lean in his chair, not looking so subtle as he wants to get a good look at what's happening and then the door goes, Shh. Exio, um, the Admiral moves over to the captain's desk and leans against it. Not, uh, if there's one thing that Ab the Admiral is really good at is constantly making sure that the captain feels like the captain of their ship. Never the captain actually pecks not the captain's side chair to indicate that it's okay. Sure. They're they're secure in, in yeah. uh, their captain. Uh, the, but the, ad <laughs> the Admiral seems to never take any motions or steps to uh, take up captain's space at all. And she casually leans up against the desk and says, Commander, you may have heard me talking pretty tough last night, but I meant what I said. I'm Starfleet out here. Here's the thing. I believe that was just you stating a fact. It was me just stating a fact, yes. The thing is, the Starfleet hasn't given a lot of resources to Narendra Station, and that's largely because of the Dominion War and the aftermath of the Dominion War. So a lot of what we do kind of flies under the radar out here, and Starfleet gives me a lot of latitude as well. They damn should. I am an admiral. As a result, I get to make decisions that are that a person of my office gets to make. I've been reviewing records. I have been listening to the concerns. I've been paying attention to the conversations. And I'm prepared to tell you what my opinion is about your position in Starfleet. I would love to hear it. She reaches down and she holds open a box and she opens it up and inside is a pip. And she lets the beat happen for a moment as she glances at you and she says, Commander Exio, I hereby award you the rank of commander and all the rights and privileges that they're in. Congratulations. I'm sorry there couldn't be a bigger ceremony. No, um, I prefer intimate. Well, in that case, Captain, would you do the honors? And she holds up the pip. I take it, I stand up, and I'll affix it. As you affix it to the collar, the commander, uh, the admiral smirks and says, now remember, that's not a holographic pip. You'll have to take care of that yourself. Well, um, done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so three total pips. You basically remove one. Um, you've got a real pip on you and a uh, real as a real could be. And then the holographic pips lining up. Um, <clears throat> she says, well, congratulations, Commander. Commander, Captain, I, I, um, <laughs> and you can see that, uh, this is probably the, the first time you've ever seen Exeter's cheeks go pink. Um, yeah, actually when you, when you, and you're stuttering as you slip and call the Admiral Commander, you actually see the Admiral glance <laughs> over the captain and give a smirk uh, because it's clearly behavior that someone exhibits when they're in a moment of like, oh my God. Um, it's enough to, that a knowing smile 
gets passed from the admiral to the captain. <laughs> admiral, admiral, <laughs> I, I, um, admiral, and kept captain. This. I can only imagine what this would have felt like the first time around. And it means so much more now that I was able to, well, I don't want to say that because there's a lot of people who I've heard talk. I hear a lot of people talk and because of my version of Starfleet Academy was a little more homeschooled than others, that I didn't deserve this position. So to receive this honor after proving myself to myself is more of an honor than you could possibly imagine. Thank you. Thank you, Commander. And she extends her hands. It's going to be a little warm. And she shakes your hand. She says, well done. You've performed your duties with extraordinary competence, poise, and courage. Starfleet couldn't ask for a better commander. We can't wait to see what you do next. Well, I should leave you two to your duties. Thank you, and, Admiral. And if, um, uh, if I may bend your ear some other day as well, I, I would, I would most appreciate being able to talk to you about um, some photonic planning. Interesting, photonic planning. I believe you have a lot of potential on your ship. Well, station. Oh, I see. Hmm. But that's, that can be for another day. I know we have a lot on our plates. Just keep it in mind. I will. Now, I believe there's a tradition to uphold. If you'll follow me. And she steps past you and the ready room opens and she nods to you and says, if you'll follow me. I follow. She steps out and says, Commander Exio. And the crew who apparently was in on it, Vryn rises from his seat. Everyone stands and applauds you as you step onto the bridge. Um, everyone stops at their station Ox crew that's in, in the background managing life support. Everybody on the bridge stops what they're doing. Everyone applauds you, including the Admiral. Um, Vryn has got a big, stupid grin on his face, clapping like a seal. Um, everybody, the, the, <sighs> there's a cheer or two, and... Uh, this is why Vren tried to clap me on the shoulder this morning. <laughs> you! Bravo! <laughs> Thank you. Um... It's a moment, Exio, it's a moment of realization for you because the applause of everyone on the bridge 
seems to be a validating moment that everyone here, from the moment that they've served under you, has always known you've deserved this. You become aware that this quiet burden that you've been bearing this whole time, you become aware that everyone's been sharing it with you. And that as the cheers erupt on the bridge and Vren with this big stupid smile on his face, even Prawl's got a smile. Um, as people are applauding, it, it occurs to you, you're surrounded by family. That is quite eye-opening. Well, seeing it is not my shift, <laughs> I'm gonna go be commander in a different room, and I will leave you all to it so that I do not continue to break protocol by crying. So <laughs> I will take my leave and You're all wonderful. And just walk away. Do, do, doesn't even blip. Walks out the door. <laughs> you stalk head down, kind of just like smile on your face. You just kind of head first into the turbo lift. Um, I, I want to immediately go to my personal quarters and I, and I, I need to check. I need to check um, if I've received any messages. Um, the turbo lift, um, as you step off the turbo lift, you see Ox Crew in the hall, yeah. in the corridors, and it takes a few moments, but you hear some murmurs as you're walking down and everyone's nodding to you. But eventually, as you're moving down the corridor, you start hearing an applause building behind you. As Again? it would, as it would appear that the Ox Crew who's been passing have noticed the extra pip. Um, Everyone, the ox crew moving through these brightly lit corridors, um, scientists, civilians, Starfleet officers, they all pause what they're doing. About 60 ox crew as you pass, gather behind you and applaud as you move uh, through the halls. Um, the whole time she's just thinking, well, e e ego-wise, one has always imagined as a <laughs> manned staff that, that one would be applauded as they walk through the halls, but... This is truly a much better scenario. <laughs> and 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 is getting used to this many eyes two days in a row that aren't, you know, the eyes of noticing that you are superior and immediately stiffening up or 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 looking away. Um, so <laughs> feeling a bit. Um, noticed at the moment yeah you're, and... seeing, you're seeing the results of being an xo of a crew that you're very popular with and they they don't have any problems letting their guard down to show their appreciation as you walk past everyone sees their xo moving through the hallways and they cheer um when you yeah. do finally shake the hands and give the thanks when you do finally reach your quarters you imagine at this particular moment, the high of the sensations would normally exhaust a normal person, but as you enter your quarters, it's like a battery has been plugged in. Exio <laughs> um, just holds her hands out in front of her and they're shaking and she's enjoying not knowing what her body does without choosing to do it. 
what her body just does and what her brain just thinks and what her emotions just feel. And then checks mail. Um, yes, there is a message. Really? Yep. Oh, good. There is, in fact, what? a message. Like clockwork, it, it has not stopped since the moment you departed. It has been like clockwork that you have gotten uh, messages from a certain person that yes. takes a particular interest in your well-being since she helped design you. Um, yes. There is just sort of like, it, it, you get, you were constantly getting sort of these, these weekly check-ins of like, how are you feeling? What hobbies did you engage in today? Some of them definitely feel a little bit like clinical, like she's, mm -hmm. hey, how's your program running kind of questions. But others, but others, others are genuinely like, so have you landed on what your favorite color spectrum is yet? Kind of like really curious questions about your development. Um, this message that's waiting for you, XEO, as you open up the computer yes. box, as you open up, as you open up your server, basically, um, uh, this one is just a, a mild message of just checking in with you, seeing how you're doing and giving you an update that she's managed to finally quit smoking. This day really couldn't get better. <laughs> um, personal message to Dr. Redgraves. Um, it's finally happened. I have officially been awarded the title of commander. The captain said it perfectly. It's about damn time. <laughs> but I'm more ecstatic than you could possibly imagine. Though I imagine you feel it on a different level. For me. I'm pleased to hear that you have quit smoking. <laughs> And I hope that you are taking very good care of yourself. I, um, I've been, uh, there's a really wonderful Admiral, um, Admiral Hebert. Maybe you, you probably know her. You seem to know everyone, but, um, or rather everyone seems to know you most of the time. And one day I hope to have that sort of name, the kind that everyone knows. And I hope that I cultivate that in a lot of others as well. Others like me and others not like me. Anyway, I'm saying it again. Thank you for quitting smoking. I'd like to be able to send you these messages for a very long time. Because I'm going to have a lot to report. And I'd like to answer a lot of questions. <sighs> Sending my best. Exio. 
Exio, as you finish the message, you see the digital signature appear at the bottom of the letterhead as it's about to send, and it's already made the changeover. It says CMDR dot Exio. You certainly are quick, aren't you? Talking to the ship. <laughs> and um, immediately after sending the message, she just sort of collects herself. And then personal log. Add to the list of programmable food to memory for chief tech. Um, I and there's think a, a couple. There's a chirp at the door in mid-sentence. Go. Uh, come in. You're, you know that the universe is filled with coincidences. <laughs> the, uh, the, the variables that are constantly at play in our lives. Sometimes we think when lightning strikes that it's a message from the divine. When it's really just how has it not happened yet because of how often the dice gets rolled. Every morning we wake up in this vast universe of chaos. Chief Our Tech walks through your door. <laughs> Chief, Chief Tech. tech. <laughs> aren't, aren't numbers poetry? My goodness. Wow. Is that a new phrase you're trying out for greetings? Um, oh, let me try. Aren't letters no, uh, oh. interesting? Oh. They, well, <laughs> I, I, I imagine they are. Um, yeah. I was just leaving a, a, a note myself about you and then here you are oh well i i actually came in because i wanted to catch you before things got too busy but uh i whipped you up something uh, i know you've oh. had a pretty busy morning and he'll walk over to the uh, replicator console okay and it looks like he's programming in uh just a regular drink but it is holographic the 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 program knows this and it it, it does this through the replicator uh by okay. design and he pulls out this steaming mug and he uh, walks over to you and he says, now listen, I know that you can get anywhere all over the ship super fast, just <laughs> all over the place. And I love that about you, it's so efficient. But I thought a lot of us sort of take morning or uh, contemplation time to remember where we've been and to start off our shifts um, with a bit of confidence. And he'll hand over the mug and it's a steaming liquid of some kind, but it's just in a white porcelain mug. Does the mug have a message on it? Does it say something? Ooh, it's programmable. You can change it to do whatever you want. I just blank.exe is the mug. <laughs> <laughs> and when 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 it's oh when it when it sips, let's see what emotion it uh, projects onto it. It's like a. It senses ah. my motion and then puts it on the mug. Are you guys so, writing this down for merch store option ideas? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mood mug. This has already been a merch idea for my oh, while. Uh, but as you take a sip, it's the yes. memory immediately of you walking out uh, onto the bridge and the entire crew applauding you. And you know that as you would walk through, you could take this mug and see the whole crew on any deck of the ship uh, any any place that you want to go, it was all recorded because we knew this was a big day for you. So it it will play either holographically or in your own, uh, you know, sort of memory. Blissful across <laughs> the mug. <laughs> um, are you sure you're not telepathic? <laughs> 
I. Oh, <laughs> I just. I mean, you'd be the one to diagnose me, I guess, as a counselor. I mean, I've never tested it before. Is there some sort of test I could take? I I think you just know. Um, but thank you so yeah. much. This has been a big day of thank yous. Um, <laughs> well, this I... is perfection. You are perfection. <laughs> Uh, go on. If you could make a, an actual official report of that, that would be great. And like, Consider um, it done. Thank you. Um, um, before, but wait, before you go, um, just one more. Uh, do you think that you could assign the, the, the smell of smoke to something for me? Sure. Uh, anything in particular? Any memory or image just the smoke i'll know what it means all right i'll get working on it <clears throat> thank you all right i'll finally get to know what that smells like <laughs> um huh. and uh I sit in contemplation with my mug of blissfulness. <laughs> um, <clears throat> daily operations continue on the USS Ross as she continues to proceed at maximum warp. This is the first time the Ross has been pushed to her limits. Although she's not at her actual limit. She's at warp nine right now. Um, and <clears throat> she can go faster, a little bit faster. However... <laughs> Sam, <laughs> it's just funny because you're muted on my screen, so I just see you pantomiming like, "Oh yeah, motherfucker, she can go faster." Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> daily operations continue on the USS Ross. Ox crew keeps busy, but there is a lot of whispering that's starting to threat send throughout the ship, especially because mess word has gotten around that the ship might not be stationed at Narendra anymore, which immediately sends concern through some of the Ox crew about family that has moved out here to Narendra with them. Um, no one has expressed any particular concerns because the crew knows to wait for orders, but there is the scuttlebutt is, is that people are kind of like, what's going on? Like, what's the deal? Um, <clears throat> nothing unauthorized has made it off the bridge and that's pretty standard. Um, word does not spread around the ship that that shouldn't be spreading around the ship. Um, but um, unless anybody has any other scenes, um, oh, Rave has got a scene. Yes. Um, yeah. I, just like real quick, um, I think that Jane is going to request to speak to the yeoman if she can. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yo okay. So Yosemite Chanteau is actually in her off hours when you um, ask the computer to locate her. She is okay. on, um, you actually uh, find out that she's on Holodeck 1 on deck 11. So I'd like to basically like whatever the formal process of requesting a meeting with her is. Um, I, okay. I basically ask for like, I just need 10 minutes of your time, 15 if I end up being a pain, but I'm hoping this goes smoothly. Um, what is it regarding out of curiosity? Did you include um, that in the message or do you just want to talk? Yeah, I just want to talk. Basically, I want to ask her a favor. <laughs> okay, then she yeah, she would tell you, um, uh, come meet me at Holodeck 1. Um, I'm wrapping up, and I can talk to you as soon as we're done. All right. Um, 
So I uh, walk in and this is like the most professional you've ever seen, Jing, because you can tell she is trying to make a good impression and not fuck this room. <laughs> the Captain Yeoman. Um, Must impress the Captain Yeoman. person also Bajoran? Yes. Great. She is Bajoran. Okay, that's, that's just the thing that she's like, not gonna touch that right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so she walks in and um, and uh, takes a look around and is like, I I hope I'm not bothering you. So you, you never know what you're gonna find when you walk in on somebody's holodeck program. Um, in this case, you are uh, a bit shocked as you enter, um, you enter immediately stepping into what looks like a very sterile looking control room filled with lights and control panels and whatnot. And it's about six feet into the doorway uh, of the arch of the holodeck when you see in this control panels and whatnot, there's a wall of glass. On the other side of this wall of glass are these multi-tiered looking platforms or surfaces that are kind of hanging at an angle. It looks like a floating jigsaw puzzle. It's picking up most of the room. Um, inside, in what look like Starfleet, um, it looks like old Starfleet Mako uniforms designed for zero-G combat, you see Azri Shanto, um, you see Azri Shanto, you see what looks like Lieutenant Commander Prawl, and you see another Lieutenant, Lieutenant Cellar, bouncing around with what looks like um, dummy phaser rifles in the middle of what looks to be a full contact zero G combat training session between and the three. Jane um, looks upon this with a little bit of jealousy. <laughs> um, they are, it is a ballet of bouncing from walls and twisting in the, in mid flight and firing a phaser. They're all doing maneuvers that are not practical for actual combat. It looks like you've reached the end of the session and they're just cutting loose at this point. Um, so tactics have kind of gone out the window and it's become laser tag. Uh, it takes about 10 minutes, but as you're watching this bizarre display, as they're constantly bouncing around, this Lieutenant Cellar. Now you're just teasing. <laughs> you see Lieutenant Cellar collides with Lieutenant Commander Prawl and actually manages to send him hurtling into a wall. And Lieutenant Commander Prawl smacks into the wall hard. Whoever the Cellar is has the strength of two Prawls because he tosses like a rag doll and then spirals over. And as he lands against the surface, he does, he turns back, putting a little too much of his effort into taking Prawl out and disarming with his phaser rifle. Should have kept his eyes on Asmi Shanto. Oh man. Because there's a, there's a ringing noise as her phaser rifle marks a direct hit on his head. <laughs> and she impacts just above him. Looks like it was kind of a death from above maneuver because when she gets the shot off, she wasn't prepared for the collision with the surface at the angle. In other words, it looks like chaos. No, Everyone, I, I love it. Pure I'm chaos. For every moment of this, and I'm incredibly jealous that I was not invited to this. But Jane has a, um, so like that goes down, and um, they should it, come to sick bay. That's all I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> come to sick bay. Uh, looks like we have a clear winner. Um, <laughs> Uh, the ground begins to slowly Santa. restore as the yeah. three bodies lower to the ground. Yeah. Um, and you see the lights come on inside the area as these 
holographic surfaces that were kind of floating freeform but were stable in their place vanish. And then you see the yellow lines of the holodeck. And now you're standing in this empty room as Prawl pulls his helmet off and just goes. And you see this lieutenant as he's sighing, this lieutenant Cellar pulls his helmet off and says, sir, you, you told me not to hold back. When you see Cellar pull his helmet off, the first thing you notice about him, uh, Lacat, is the Vulcan ears and uh-huh. the very subtle glimpse of what looks like a forehead ridge right at the center going up into his hairline. Um, and Cellar looks concerned. He, he, he also looks a little irritated. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so he he sees Commander Prawl's expression and just goes, you told me not to hold back, sir. I mean, he told you not to hold back, and I think you definitely didn't. Um, as the helmet comes off of Asmi Shanto, she just goes, and I appreciate that, I really do. And she adjusts the earring and says, ah, there we go. Oh, Lieutenant, yes, you wanted to have a talk with me. Um, I'll catch up with you two. Um, Paul just says, good work, Shanta. That was really good work. Um, I, and Jane's thinking that she came in here to ask for one favor, but now she's here for two favors. And one of those favors is she wants access to that program. Um, (laughs) but, uh, she, but, but as the two leave, she's back on task and, um, she turns to ask me Shanto and is uh, basically like, I mean, I, would feel bad about interrupting that, but it was a pretty clear bloodbath. Um, <laughs> she, uh... <laughs> she, she, when you say that, she, she stares at you for a moment, and then when you finish saying it, she just goes, <clears throat> um, anyway, uh, Jane kind of looks at the earring and then like looks her back in the eye, um, and is, is you get the uh... impression she notices that, yeah, she just stands um... there kind of quietly and watches you. Um, Miss Chanto, we have not had the opportunity to talk, but um, I think that your reputation has spread quickly throughout the ship. A good one, if if I must say so. Um, I hear that you are very good at navigating the bureaucracy of Starfleet. Oh, I mean, yes, you're not sorry. agreeing yes, or denying that, so I'm going to say it's the truth. Anyway, right. if you had tried to deny that, I would have shut you down immediately. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, and and the thing is, I'm really, really bad at talking to people and navigating those kinds of systems. And so I am coming to you because I need your help looking into someone. Oh, uh... Are you in some kind of legal trouble? Um, no, I just, I'm curious. Um, and we're not really friends, so it is quite weird for me to come to you asking you for a favor, but I guess if I was interested in looking into someone who is deceased, what would you say is the best way to go about doing that? Hmm, I have a few ideas. Let me get out of this and let's go sit down and talk. Who specifically are you? Actually, um, hold up, because it's probably, if you're coming to me, hold up. Hey, I'll see y'all later. And she waves at Prawl 
and prawl is currently getting his arm put back in the socket by this half this 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 security officer that works on it he just goes yeah yeah get out and you hear a cracking popping sound and um and i'm going to spare i'm going to spare you guys the descriptor particularly because <laughs> i don't want to put Sam through this <laughs> <laughs> please help my collagen to get that particular memo thank you because <laughs> Sam doesn't need to, to hear a descriptive role play of every day. So we'll just move on. <laughs> so, um, so the two of you step out of the room. Asmi is, the thing about Asmi Shanto is she is, she is a very, I guess, it, I guess the best way to describe her, she's very slight. She's a very thin, very small, um, very, um, she, I, I'm trying to describe how big this this zero G suit looks on her. Yeah. Um, these are always sized to fit, but Asmi is um, she comes up to about just about your shoulder, um, which means the captain towers over her. Yeah. Um, it, it's a pretty interesting sight watching um, Yeoman Shanto follow around Captain Saul with a stack of data pads <laughs> because because Captain Limley has to make sure that that Asmi is positioned correctly so the captain doesn't turn into her and smack into her and stuff. Um, you get the impression looks that- looks at that and says, are those things one size fit all? That's what they say. It's not really true though. Yeah. Um, Starfleet yeah. needs to do better. Uh, they, they really do. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. We, we don't need to have that. Um, lead the way. Um, you see, she walks down the corridor. She passes up um, a few uh, doorways, uh, rounding the corner, gets into the turbo lifts. And as she steps into the turbo lift, she just says, ah, deck four. Um, so let's talk real quick. Okay. So you, you're looking for someone who's deceased. Is that right? Yeah, just basic information, anything. And, um, and, Here's here's the issue is all I have is a name, a general understanding, and um, a species, and uh, that's kind of it. I I believe they were Starfleet, um, and uh, I mean you're the best at your job for a reason, right? I I guess I am, yeah. Great. Um, I mean, I, I can give you all the information right now, or do you want to wait till we're in your office? Or actually, where are we going? My quarters. I need to get out right. of this. Oh, right. Yeah. Ugh. Um, okay. Uh, let's save it till we get there. Sure. I prefer not to do it. And and um, and duck. And uh, you know what? Maybe it's best we stay silent for the rest of this because I'm very bad at small talk. The door is open. She said. Great. You tried. She shrugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think Jane actually does laugh a little at that. Um, okay. So she lets Asmi Shanto out first and follows her. Okay. Um, you enter the quarters. Her quarters is a little bit smaller. She's a yeoman. She does serve the senior staff. But she is one of the few, because she served senior staff, she's one of the few who is blessed with her own small uh, USS Ross is a galaxy-class variant. She's a big freaking ship with all the crew members on board Everyone, nope, there's no ox crew that really has, is forced into a position where they have to bunk up like you normally do on smaller starships. Um, stepping into the quarters, you can see it's basically three rooms. Um, 
And the moment you walk in, LeCat, mm-hmm. you immediately see that this place is decked out um, in a lot of Bajoran spiritual um, like paraphernalia. There's a lot of there's a lot of like there's like art pieces. You see um, a lot of imagery that's up on the wall, um, paintings and whatnot. Um, it's easy to spot the moment she walks in. There's a, a poem written in Bajoran that's carved into a stone that's on um, the like coffee table that's by the door, and she walks in and immediately just starts unclasping this suit and she goes. Okay, so, um, so you know. Yeah, Jane's standing right by the door. She like waited till she was invited in, and now is invited in. Now is standing right by the door. She's not. Um, she so, she starts okay. clasping the suit, and she's like, "All right, give me a second. And she goes into the okay. into the bedroom. There's no door, so you can still hear her. And she goes, "Okay, so, it's somebody who you know their species, and you have a general idea of who they were, but you don't have all their information. Is that right?" That is correct. And James is staring at the ground. Okay. Um, what can you give me? All right. Um, they died in the Dominion War. They were Bolian, and their name is Reku. Um, you see, um, she leans out of the doorway and pulls a strap up onto her shoulder, and she goes, you're looking for Tech's brother? I mean, that is also a detail. Okay. Yeah. Um, Um, A few moments later, she comes out in the operations uniform, straightening up, and she goes, okay. I actually haven't seen the file. What happened? Do you know? Um, I, I, I don't. I, my understanding is that he died in the Dominion War, um, probably front lines. Um, but that's really all I got, and I know it is nothing, but maybe the connection to tech? I mean, Starfleet is nothing, if not thorough on backgrounds. They were pretty thorough during the Dominion War, especially when it came to casualties. Yeah. And then awkward silence falls on the both yeah. of them. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just dead silence, and she's she... back and looking at the floor. She says, I read your file. It's just really impressive. A a lot of what I read in your file, I mean, it's my job to sort of be versed in like senior staff and and perhaps if the captain ever assigns me to assist the senior staff, I have to be knowledgeable of who I'm working with. So nothing nothing too personal, obviously. But um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm... It's kind of weird to say, I guess, but I'm just really impressed. Okay. Thank you. Does that make you uncomfortable? Yes. Oh. um, Let's just move on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. Um, I did not mean to use that tone with you. That wasn't fair. I recognize that. She, you see this, she kind of laughs a little bit and says, I, I think it's okay. <laughs> You're yeah. okay. Thanks. Um, 
It's a shame we haven't hung out more. Yeah, I guess rescuing a planet and establishing first contact, it's been pretty busy around here lately. You get a little busy. You get a little yeah. busy. I mean, I mean, things have been pretty busy on your end from my understanding too. What is this diplomatic bullshit that we're going back on? Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to take up more of your time. You are very busy and I got to get back to my ship. Um, I'm in my off hours right now. If you want to, you know, hang out or something. Sure. 10 forward, but I don't drink. I don't drink either. Huh. You play bingo? What is that? Oh my God. Um, and yeah, I think that Jane is gonna go take her to 10 forward to like, like if this was a TV show, we would cut to 10 forward and she's teaching <laughs> her how to play bingo. <laughs> um, We're off crew is gathered. Like, Forget tech brother. <laughs> Um, um, but, okay. but, but actually, uh, if, 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 uh, Jane's like, oh my God, you've got to learn bingo. Um, and she, she'd take her immediately to go to 10 forward to learn well, how to play bingo. Um, okay. As, as you start, like, we gotta go to 10 forward. She's like, well, wait, did you want me to do any kind of work on, on, I mean, yes, but I mean, are, are you that good that you can figure it out right now? Probably not. And hey, I should be direct and just ask this straight up so I don't get into trouble and you don't get into trouble. Is this something you're hoping that the chief doesn't find out that you're asking me to do? Absolutely. I had a feeling? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're a sharp one. I mean, I can sniff around. Obviously, I can't do anything out of my purview, but I can, I can ask questions. And because there's I know no one? better than asking questions than you is my understanding. I'm hoping to eventually become a JAG officer. I love the law. I hey, listen, can, yeah. I ask, can I ask you a question? And this is kind of, this is not a question I would normally ask. It's a little out of bounds. And so if you, if you want to shoot this down, I totally understand. I'm just wondering about Okay. About I would, I would feel better about this if we just got this out of the way real quick. I would feel a little more comfortable with this. Okay. Um, okay. Can we just establish that 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 the that, that not being friends thing is the past and we've moved into the friends thing? Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. Then uh, then uh, okay. Then I'm going to use this as a moment. Right. Um, I, I want to um, I want to use this as a moment to ask you a question as a friend, then. Okay. Because um, this is this is like outside of officer purview, you know. And and if you tell me to shut up, then I then I I'm, get it. I'm very bad at surprises, and so like the more you do this, the I'm, more I'm making this worse. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's 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 no. Sorry. I'm sorry. Like I can give you this, and she like takes a step back. What? Yeah. What? Lay it on me. I'm an open book. It's except a... I'm really not, but I will try to be an open book. Okay. Obviously, I'm not expecting you to answer anything you can't answer. Okay. But what is the deal with that trill, Doctor Wellix? Is there anything? Because that is the crew has started to catch on that he's different somehow. 
And I yeah. don't mean like, I don't mean like, I mean, he's treated differently. And people are starting to notice. What do you? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I rolled and, a five. So okay. Gonna, uh, she just says, she just goes, um, I don't, I don't want to know anything that I shouldn't know, but, and obviously if I, I needed to know something, somebody would have told me, but reading people and investigations, that's being a yeoman. I love it. And I'm good at organization and I love working for the captain. They're amazing. And it's wonderful to be that close to somebody who has all that experience, especially in Starfleet intelligence, and to see how they handle themselves outside that purview. Because I don't want to be a yeoman forever. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an investigator. I want to, I want to protect people. Um, but it's because of all of that that when I'm around that Wellex guy, every bone in my body tells me he is just not who he says he is. Um, so because I rolled a five, I think that Jane, like, keeps it, like, she, she's very moved by this, but I think she keeps it together for the most part, but she goes, you know, I kind of felt that too, just a little. I asked him what he was the doctor in, and, um. You rolled a five? Like, yeah, <laughs> I rolled a five. <laughs> what? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me break out me stats here. I also just love how my cat is cleaning himself behind me, just so y'all are all aware. <laughs> this is not intended, I, I throw a blanket over him, but in, I don't know. <laughs> You're fine. I don't think he's in frame, I think it's okay. And I think it's okay, LaCat. I'm sure our future lawyer doesn't have skills in cross-examination at all. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. This okay, is we're gonna... fine. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> of all the times to roll two ones. Okay, wait, wait. I rolled two dice. Should I roll two dice or only one? <laughs> the, the, the odds of rolling two two ones on a yeah, no, um, no. I, I rolled a three and a five. That's uh, all I got. You okay, did great. You as... did great, kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so as we <laughs> stares at you for a second and goes. I think I understand. Yeah. And immediately when she says that, you get that she saw right through what you were saying, but realized that you were doing your job by not saying anything and covering it up. And she basically comes to your rescue and goes, I understand. Great. Great. Nothing here to talk about then. Um, ten forward, bingo. Turns on her heel. Bingo? Ten to ten forward. We're going. We're going. Um, and the Cardassian and the Bajoran step out of the office and head towards the turbo lift together. Yeah. The 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 pledge to remain silent in the turbo lift does not work for either one of you, as you head to ten forward. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um. <laughs> A few moments after this event passes, the doors to sickbay open. Um, Mikrell, um, 
as you're in sickbay, uh, stepping into the room, you see, still dressed in what looks like a zero-G combat suit, is Lieutenant Commander Prawl, holding his arm. Um, oh, dear. I and, can't leave you alone for one day. You see a moment of hesitation on his face, and he <clears throat> just clears his throat and says, Yeah, I, um... I hit a wall pretty hard. Mm, yes, those walls are very dangerous. Let me see. They just jump out at you, right? It's the, it, you might have dislocated your shoulder. So I definitely you just, and then, Yes, so if you just, um, you know, look over there, and then I'm just going to pop it back really fast. <laughs> so Without the thing even... is, it, apparently somebody tried to pop it back in because of the way it slides. You oh. get the impression that someone almost correctly popped it back in. Anyway, oh. um, after the grunt and he exhales, he goes, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Next time, just come straight to me. Don't try and throw yourself up against another wall. Oh, I'm assuming that. I'm assuming you tried to fix it yourself. Uh, no, I had our half Klingon, half Vulcan lieutenant use that remarkable strength of his to pop it back into place. Ah. But I think he was a little worried about hurting me. Well, strength is not everything. Yeah, my arm disagrees with you. <laughs> he gives you a small smile. Says, anyway, thanks, doctor. Do you want something for the pain? Yeah, I'll take something for the pain. Great. <clears throat> and I'm gonna just hyperspray. Okay, you hyperspray. He just kind of rotates and goes, yeah, that'll do it. Um, listen, you and I haven't really gotten a chance to talk very much since we had a baby. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to apologize for storming in here and the whole thing that I did. It's very unprofessional. I shouldn't have done that. And I just wanted to apologize for that. It won't happen again. No, you, I, I know that, um, Commander Exio is the counselor on the ship, but please don't ever feel like you can't express your feelings to me as well. I know a lot of people on the ship don't take me too seriously, but I know- Who's not taking you seriously? You see, he almost gets defensive, oh. like he gets angry on your behalf. He just kind of stiffens up and says, did someone say something to you? No, no. I know, mm, talking to me is not always the easiest, but I assure you that I'm always here to listen. You know, Doctor, you should have a conversation with Vren. The two of you practically say the same thing. I know, and I will say that although most people see him as a silly little bright light on the ship, I think that he has a lot of darkness hidden as well. He does. I read his file. It's my job. I have to know what people are... Uh, I have to know all of the senior staff. So, But also, I served in the Dominion War, same as he. So, Yes, we all did. And there's some things about war that you can't just shrug off. Like your shoulder. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get out of your hair. 
Oh, I have lots of it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks, Doctor. You're welcome, Prol. And again, don't ever feel like you have to apologize for expressing your feelings to me. I feel like holding in emotions, especially negative ones, can be destructive. They can definitely be destructive. Um, yes. You know, if I can be honest with you, he pauses for a moment and says, it's not the first time I've been in a fight, the Dominion War. I'm pretty old. I'm oh, a joint yes. trail, so I'm, yes. I, uh, I've been, I've seen some things. And uh, I'm not accustomed to holding in my emotions either. But it just takes me, I just get sick of them getting in the way. So I try to keep one step ahead of them sometimes. Yes. Anyway. I, uh... I actually do the same. A little different, but I understand. Yeah. You know, Doc, if you don't mind my saying so, I see a lot of Ren in you. The two of you smile a whole lot. A whole lot. And it's not like with all due respect, it's not like Exio smiling. Commander's got a smile, but you and Vren... I'm not the only one. I, I'm just saying that the door swings both ways on the whole wanting to open up to someone. Just yes. putting that out there. Some smiles can be genuine while being weighted down. Yeah. This kind of talk makes me very uncomfortable. I'm sorry, I'm gonna- Yes, I can tell you, uh, you, you seem very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't have a hypo spray for that, I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Watch and... out for those walls, bro. Yeah, yeah. He steps out. Um, and I immediately go back to working on a file that I have for up for Dr. Wellix with a chip. Okay. So we're going to cut to Narendra Station. A few days have passed as the USS Ross emerges from warp. <laughs> as you stride down the ramp towards the center chair, Captain, you see on the view screen coming up the small dot growing larger and larger that is Narendra Station. You can also see all of the specs that are swarming around Narendra. Starbase 364 has always been a hub of activity. It's no surprise. Um, not in sight, however, is the Romulan Warbird or a Klingon warship. Um, in fact, there are no Federation vessels, Romulan vessels, or Klingon vessels in sight. Lots of merchant ships and some uh, civilian craft, but no military or governmental ships to be spotted. Um, as you approach, you hear uh, docking control begin to initiate uh, your approach as Vryn 
moves to low impulse and then eventually maneuvering thrusters as you approach until finally uh, the USS Ross slides underneath into the docking collar and lines up with the saucer section just <laughs> docking. Um, as tractor beam begins to attach to the USS Ross, you see uh, Admiral Ebert step onto the bridge. Um, she's looking at the view screen and she just goes, home sweet home. Mm, a little emptier in some respects. Yeah, I've been keeping tabs on the comings and goings since I've been away. cyvic has been doing a pretty good job keeping me posted. It's nothing to worry about. Has everybody been playing nicely? The Admiral looks at you and says, apparently, Ambassador, yes. That's good to hear. If there's one thing my commander is, it's efficient as hell. How does that hit you... Prawl? What's that? How does that hit Prawl? Well, I was about yep. to say... Uh, yep. I was about to say, um, to the empath on the bridge, you feel a spike of irritation mm. um, coming from... Just a, a quick look over the shoulder and a raised eyebrow. <laughs> Prawl doesn't meet your eyes. Prawl looks like he is initiating protocols and assigning... I'm not, I'm not looking for eye contact. I just... It's more just the, the gesture. Poker face, just... Um, Brynn, on the other hand, stretches in his chair and goes, so, uh, Captain, how long are we going to be here, do you think? Enough to maybe stretch our legs a little bit? And the Admiral says, nope, that's a negatory, Lieutenant. Sorry, Captain, I'm going to go beam down to the station, get as much information, but the USS Ross is probably going to be leaving almost immediately. Uh, I'll have us stock up on what supplies we'll need, and we will be yet another vessel away from your station and at about that point you heard the chirping sound and uh, like a doo -doo 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 -doo, and prawl says captain we're being hailed by an ranger station it's commander cyvik put it through you see the admiral's office and the commander behind the desk saying admiral i trust your journey was peaceful and the admiral says you can drop the act you know how pissed off i am let's go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty cyvik and the vulcan just says yes admiral and says i'm going to be beaming over immediately how what what are we at right now what can i expect the vulcan quirks an eyebrow in that iconic way and just says a priority one message came in for you on your way in i alerted starfleet that the uss ross had arrived on the scene there is a message here waiting for you for starbase 105. she nods and says is it admiral mestis he nods says all right I'm going to go ahead and arrange a site-to-site -site transport. I'm going to be taken directly to my office. I don't want to waste any time on this. Starfleet's in a hurry. I might as well be, too. Can you arrange that? Prawl nods immediately and says, Commander Singh, we're going to need a site-to-site. -site. Aye, Commander. You hear it through the comms. The Admiral looks at you and says, I'll talk to you very soon, Captain. Forward to hearing from you very soon, Admiral. Commander? She nods at you, XEO. <laughs> Till the next time, Admiral. Um, and with that, you see the blue curtains as she beams off the bridge. Um, Ren just glances over and says, sight to sight. That's kind of a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you heard that? I mean, not on a casual dock, so I don't yeah. know what's going on. 
I like. I want to do. Prawl's Prawl still back there? What's that? Is Prawl still back there? Yeah, Prawl's at the tactical station behind the captain's chair. I'm gonna like just swivel casually and see how he's uh, how he's doing. When you swivel casually to get an eye lock on Paul, what you see is Commander Exio and the captain staring at you. Yeah, I <laughs> The two of them apparently right noticed. And Olin as well. <laughs> so you see the okay. command staff staring back at you as they've apparently been watching you and Vryn talk. Paul <laughs> uh, looks up from Paul looks up from his station and just looks at you and just kind of gives a nod, and then looks back okay. down. Um, okay. She's gonna go back to looking at her scans. Then <laughs> you just swivel back in your chair. And uh, you just hear Vryn go, smooth. <laughs> she gives a finger, like, <laughs> small finger, <laughs> and then that's it. Um, and yeah, that's all Jane does. Okay. Um, it takes about 10 minutes before you hear the chime come through again and say, all right, you hear Prawl say, all right, Captain, I've got the message for you coming through. Putting it on screen. Um you see the face of Admiral April Eber on screen with Cyvex standing next to her. She's at her desk with a data pad in front of her and she looks very annoyed. Um, she lets the data pad clatter to the desk and leans on her elbow in that typical style of when she's pissed off and says, okay, Captain, this is gonna be a quick run. You're gonna be headed to Starbase 105 to meet with Admiral Mestis. I don't know the details because they're still being shady about communicating that to me and I have to honor that. So I have been told that you are temporarily being placed on detached duty and that the families and staff personnel that were brought here on the USS Ross are to remain here since this will be only a very temporary assignment. Apparently they anticipate you coming back to Narendra after stopping at 105. So this will be another taxi service from what it sounds like. And I can't get any details as to what exactly is going on but Mestis had a tone in his message that I don't like. I know a lot of Saurians, and sometimes they're kind of difficult to understand em empathically, as I guess it were. Not that I'm, I don't have the skill that your ambassador does, but Mestis is pretty expression heavy when it comes to communicating his dislike, and he seems pretty agitated about something. You can expect to meet an independent liaison waiting for you at the Starbase. I don't know anything more than that. Thank you for what you can give us. Is there anything we can do for you? I don't love leaving this station without anybody else. We'll be fine, Captain. But Command has ordered you to proceed at maximum warp again to Starbase 105. Then we will make haste the better to return these crew to their families after the touch duty is done. Thank you, Admiral. Keep me posted, Captain, on anything you can. Of course. Nothing. Clear skies, Ross. Thank you, Admiral. The station out. And it cuts, and you see the exterior view of Narendra Station, that beautiful blue ambient glow off of her hull, catching sunlight and nebula light as you see all the civilian ships coming and going about their business. Shall I set a course, Captain? You hear Vren look back at you. You heard the Admiral set a course and open her up. Aye, Captain. It's a week's journey. It's eight days at warp nine. Narendra Station is nothing if not out in the middle of freaking nowhere. <laughs> she is a far distant deep space station. 
So heading back into Federation territory, it's surprisingly uneventful. Um, you're back on home turf as you course through the space at warp nine. Um, every now and then catching communications from fellow starships who flag you on their way by. Um, you catch a couple of, you have a few moments of friendly banter with other starship captains who are checking in and uh, commenting on um, how the crew of the USS Ross is spoiled <laughs> for having such a beautiful ship. <laughs> Some of the friendly captain banter that you get in Starfleet from time to time. When you exit warp eight days later, you come across Starbase 105, looking very much like Narendra Station does. Um, however, on top of all of the Federation ships that you see coming and going, no starships, no full-fledged Federation starships here currently, but there is one ship that stands out among all the others, and that is a Ferengi Decora-class ship. Um, it's bright orange-yellow hulls, a sharp contrast to the docking of this Federation station. Um, and as you begin to close in and go into docking maneuvers after you're receiving authorization, um, you hear the flight controller on the comms send a message to you and says, I have a message for Captain Azri Sewell. The Admiral is asking uh, Captain Sewell and Commander XCO to report immediately to his ready room. Understood, we'll be on our way. Docking complete, Captain. And we're in. Right, we're alerting Singh. We'll be on our way to the transporter room. Uh, All right. As you and Exio leave the bridge, that's when Vryn leans into you, Lakat, and goes, what the hell is going on? Honestly, your guess is actually as good as mine right now. That can't be good, right? He nods the Ferengi <laughs> vessel that's just docked. I, all I can see is one more obstacle between us and the Shackleton. He nods and leans back. Um, the layout of Starbase 105 is very similar to Rendra. It's the same class of station. So moving through the crowds, the only difference here is Almost all of the officers here are Starfleet. Almost the entire staff here, it's all Starfleet. So you're seeing a lot of uniformed walking past, giving deference and whatnot. A couple of people stopping to stare at Exio a little bit, not rudely, just kind of like, oh, like noticing a celebrity and then going back to their business. Um, uh, it's it's something that you've kind of become accustomed to, Exio, as you move through uh, <laughs> star bases that are heavily uh, populated with people of your, your branch, I suppose. Um, These are the stairs I recognize. Yeah. <laughs> um, arriving at the Admiral's office, um, you see a young Tellarite sitting at the desk, and she stands up immediately as you all enter, and she goes, Oh, Captain Asmi, uh, oh, no, sorry, that's your yeoman. And she glances down and picks up a data pad and says, Captain Azari Saul, the, the, the Admiral's oh, expecting you. you. You can go on in. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Sorry about that. First day. Welcome. She slides back into her chair and stares at the desk. Uh, the two of you enter the room. As you step into the room, you see a Saurian admiral with deep pink skin and bright yellow eyes at the end of one of the tables, wearing a full dress uniform of the admiral with the admiral's bars. You've actually never met Mestis before. 
Um, you don't know that much about Admiral Mestis. Starbase 105 is just another posting out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but what really grabs your attention is the, the Ferengi daemon that's sitting at the table next to him. Um, probably about 5'5", five, five, and wearing nothing but finery. <laughs> um, the finest silks. Um, the finest velvets, the finest cloth, just like wrapped around, dressed just shy of the grandeur of a Grand Nagus, just kind of sitting there and literally twiddling his thumbs and smiling with a big toothy grin as you all enter. And the Admiral stands up and says, ah, yes, uh, Captain, Commander, please come in and uh, have a seat. This is Damon Skag. And this Ferengi leans forward and goes, hello. I am Damon Skag, and you are Commander Exio, the holographic first officer. It must have taken a lot of time to research and build you. You are beautiful. And this is Captain Azari Sol. Oh, yes, Captain Sol. Uh, hello, I'm Damon Skag. So, uh, should we get to this? I don't want to have to linger here more than I have to. It has been a very, very hey. long journey. Um, you see the Saurian say, Captain, about two months ago, the Starfleet Corps, the Starfleet Diplomacy, Diplomatic Corps received a message. Now, the contents of that message have not been made clear to me, but Starfleet has sent this in the clear that the daemon here has apparently been functioning as a courier of some kind and is going to be connecting me and you and the USS Ross with a package. Is that correct? Uh... Not so much a package, but we can call it a package now. I do love drama. <laughs> it's uh, it's not literally a package. Not literally. Then what is it? Yes, I would love to know. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, but before we come to this stage of the agreement, I would really like to talk about payment. And you see the Saurian say, we don't know what we're paying for. All that Starfleet has told us is that this package is to be delivered to the USS Ross and further orders would be given. What exactly are we being given? Well, if Starfleet hasn't told you, is it my place? I don't think so. <laughs> I thought you didn't want to linger. Well, I, I don't want to linger, but... Um, isn't it much more exciting if you tell us before, Starfleet? You get to be the one to deliver the news. You see he narrows his eyes and he leans forward and says, I shouldn't mess with you, should I? I can see it. You're dangerous. Doesn't You're not that make it more fun? Well, it depends. I'm, a, I'm just a humble merchant. Danger isn't something I'm necessarily into, which is- Don't sell yourself so short. I was going to tell you just now in a very indignant tone that flattery does not work on every Ferengi, but I find myself irritatingly succumbing to it. 
Well, let's discuss payment. I will get rid of this package and we can be on our way. The Admiral says, your payment. Let us discuss that after the package is delivered. And on the condition of package delivery, I will pay you whatever you're asking price, so long as it is within reason. It actually will be in reason. The rules of acquisition are very important to most Ferengi, but it's a new dawn, you know, and uh, I'm not looking to gouge anybody, just make a living, an honest living as a Ferengi. He kind of straightens his suit and says, but you're a Starfleet Admiral and I respect that, so I'm gonna take your word and go ahead and agree to that. Um, let's talk after this, assuming you'll want to. So it's like this. Through basic intermediaries, I was contacted by certain diplomatic channels regarding something that I have no business knowing. And I was asked to deliver a small contingent of, uh, like a diplomatic attache that was attempting to make its way out into the Beta Quadrant. Uh, I don't know what their destination is, but uh, I've been sort of their their shuttlecraft, as it were. <laughs> um, expensive shuttlecraft, but they have money, believe me. Um, I have authorization to beam them directly to this room with your permission at any given time. They are prepared to speak with you about what happens next. Uh, of course, once that happens, I expect to be relieved and paid. And the Admiral says... Very well. One moment. Security report to my ready room. You see two operations officers come in and the Ferengi just goes, oh, <laughs> that'll make things interesting. Very well. I want nothing to do with any business that any of you have together. So once my guests finally leave me in peace, I'm going to leave this room and wash my hands clean of it. Agreed? Agreed. Good. <clears throat> he stands up and says, Liquidator, beam our guests over to the Admiral's ready room at your convenience. And the Ferengi leans back. Guests? There's a beat and then there's a hushed noise almost like a faint whisper. It's a different signature from a Federation transporter. It's that sort of like high buzzing sound of a Ferengi transporter activating. There's a golden glow as the pattern buffers begin to materialize three humanoid figures into the room. The first figure that begins to materialize Instantly, Azri, as this figure begins to materialize in front of you, you have immediate feelings of your muscles instinctively tense. And as a confirmation of what you're seeing, the two figures beaming in behind him, what you see standing before you at the end of the table is a Vorta in fine blue and purple silks with a very friendly face and deep lavender eyes and a big smile on his face, flanked by two Jim Hadar, who stand at a close to about seven feet tall and who are built like brick shit houses. Both of them are armed with rifles that are strapped to their back. Um, as they appear in the room, 
This Vorta exhales and goes, ah, finally, Ferengi vessels, terrible smell. And that is where we have to leave because it's 930. That is where we're going to pause our episode for tonight. Forgotten that you were going to spring skag on us. I had totally forgotten that, that <laughs> yeah. was what we were going to do. I was the only person in chat when that that came up from the group, and I was sworn to secrecy, and I honest to God forgot about it. <laughs> skag. So y'all don't know, but Skag is a character that I created on Star Trek on, online and built a character sheet for, and uh, and and the uh, the Ox crew actually helped me build Skag. And, and just to conclude, we all met at Starfleet Academy, Ox Crew formed a line, and I read and I played sound clips from the rules of uh, the rules of acquisition to them. And, and they were all HR violations. And they were all HR violations. So that'll bring an end to the very first part of our episode, Farther, uh, farther From Home. Um, things are really going to get interesting in the next episode. Oh, I'm so ready! <laughs> oh, yeah. Eric wanted to play a Vortex for a very long time. I yeah, love Vortex knows. and I love the Jem'Hadar. Everyone's been waiting for me. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, and just say that I, I have been wanting to introduce a Vorta into a Star Trek game since Shield of Tomorrow began. And could never do it. So... This will be good. All, all of us in the Dominion War are like, what? what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So many counseling sessions. So many. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for this story. We, of course, will see you back next Monday night at the same time. Tell your friends if they're interested in checking out a Star Trek game. We got one going here. So mm -hmm. let folks know. Um, in the meantime, everyone take care of yourselves. Be healthy. We'll see you next time. Hailing frequencies are closed. <laughs>